Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 62 of the Galen Trombley Show, I said 62 wrong there, episode 62 of the Galen Trombley Show with Devin Ashline. Um, This was a great conversation. Devin is a local guy that has moved away down to Tampa, Florida, and has in the last two years got his real estate license. And we basically just talked for two hours about real estate. So if you're not into that, I don't know, listen to the next episode or the one before. Um, but if you're a big fan of the Realty Talk, this is actually a really good one. Um, I like talking to other agents. And I think he is only number two or three other agents that I've actually talked to before about real estate in a longer form podcast. So this was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy episode 62 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 62 of the Galen Trombley Show. I am joined by Devin Ashline. Uh, Devin grew up here, now lives in Florida, and also does real estate, and navigated the very slick roads today, so he's here, which is good. Um, actually, when you text me, it kinda, you kind of threw me off a little bit, and yeah. like driving, like what? Like, I've never drove on these roads before, and I forgot, Michael. Like, well, <laughs> it's been a few years. So, uh, Devin, for anybody who does not know you, give them a, a little background on who you are, um, You know how you got to 2019, Devin. Yeah, uh, so Devin Ashline from Rouse's Point originally went to college at SUNY Potsdam, studied some music business there, uh, sang some opera, all that good stuff. <laughs> then uh, met my wife there, moved down to Tampa, Florida right after she graduated because she was hired as a teacher down there. Uh, did some work at a local theater there and then just kind of found myself in real estate right after we bought our house. I loved the transaction experience, how everything went. So I just kind of wanted to get into it myself, see what it was about. And now I'm two years in and loving it. So, and I I just told, uh, Devin, I'm breaking like the cardinal rule here. I'm eating on set. (laughs) This is my lunch. So, um, but so you were in theater? Yeah. Did some theater, did opera. Yep. Were you in the music? Like you, obviously, because you went yeah, to school yeah, for that. Yeah, I did the Shazy musical stuff with Jason Borey. Oh, did you? And I did Mer- with stuff with Merritt as well. Yeah, I did. It. We must have both did it then, because I did it for like ten years. I don't. I, things blur together. Yeah. So <laughs> you probably were there. I don't remember very well. I remember you more from golf than I think than anything else. Oh, for but, sure. Um, so you moved down. Your wife had a job as a teacher. Yep. And then you be you went down for theater. No, uh, I went. To, I just went down looking to find a job in the music industry. And you did, but it ended up being like yeah, theater? Yeah, I worked at a theater, did some uh, customer service representative there, sold tickets, uh, got a couple promotions, worked in the mailroom. <laughs> no, that's fine. And, and then, so you ended up buying a home, like the process, got your license, and did you go full bore into real estate year one? Were you part-time? Did, like, how did that, yeah, so that go? Yeah, so basically, I just kind of ripped off the Band-Aid, went full-time real estate, Um hit a couple bumps in the road, went back to the theater that I was at just for some extra side money to help the bills get by while I was trying to build my database, get that kind of ball rolling. Uh, and then after that kind of went on for a little bit, dropped that again, and then just started rolling with real estate more full-time once it became a little more consistent. So, yeah, when you said going full, I always tell agents here, 
three, like I always say three years before you go full time, which for me, I think that's very accurate in, in at least our industry. Sure. Now, if somebody wants to go like, again, full bore and really dive into it, I mean, there's some people depending on their background, they have sales experience, how old they are, they might be able to kind of jump in quicker. If you're young, I always say three years because again, when I got in the business, there was no 21 year old buying homes. So yeah. all my friends were not buying homes. So for me, I was doing all the work to get clients that were older than me. As I've gotten older, I mean, my circle has gotten bigger. I've met more people. Sure. My friends have bought homes. Now my friends' friends are buying homes. Then I meet, you know, I meet my wife. She's got a sphere of friends. I meet a new friend. They got a sphere that I slowly kind of grow into. And then, like I said, now I'm 30 and I've worked with, you know, plenty of people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. 60s. And, but a lot of it's through connections. Like I just came from a showing with a guy. Well, just showing. He's, he's under contract on a home. He just went over to show his kids. He's probably late 60s. You know yeah. what I mean? Super nice guy. But, it, you know, and it's kind of you hit everything. But oh, it's yeah. tough to go in year one and just say, I'm going to real estate and then make it work. So I'm sure those first, like, six months were rough. Oh, it was terrifying. Like, what, Give me your first six months. What was it like? So I started July 24th of 17. And... Did not have my first sale. I got lucky. I won a coin flip in the office one day. So myself and the other girl that started at the same time, we're in the office. One of the listing agents there happened to get a buyer lead and was just like, all right, who wants it? Obviously, both of us raised our hand. And then so our manager at the time or whatever, she was like, all right, well, let's flip a coin for it. I won the coin flip, went out, met these buyers, showed them a few homes, put them under contract, closed like end of November. So that was my first sale just on the flip of a coin. So end of November, so within four months, you had your first sale. Yep, and then I had another, I had one more in December that year. And then um, I want to say I had like my first quarter that following year, first quarter of 18 was just really fire. I want to say I had like four in January, three in February, two in March, and then it just became the roller coaster that. So what what do you think, so get past the first six months because, um, so January through say the first quarter, so January through eight, well, yeah, April, no, yeah. March. Um, what, what was that like? What were you doing to generate leads? What were you doing to get clients? You know, sphere was it was it online leads? Was it social media? Like yeah, so being from up here originally and moving down there, I really didn't have much of a sphere. Um, so it's hard to pull off that. I had some guys that I played hockey with down there, a couple people that I would meet at the golf course, but no huge outreach of people and even still most of my sphere are realtors that I've worked with or friends of their friends so it's like Mm -hmm. it's tough to build that sphere out so I've always had to look to be on a team that focuses more on lead generation so first team I joined was a number one Remax team in the state of Florida Uh, the owners who had been in real estate for years then were just kind of taking a management role generating Zillow leads realtor.com leads things like that and passing them out to uh, their different buyer agents and their setup was they had a listing agent section and a buyer agent section so I was on the buyer agent team starting out but fire hose to the mouth with training so that's why I wasn't able to do it part-time it was the route I had to go to be any kind of successful in real estate was just full bore, full time. I was in there probably did two, three weeks of training before I was even put onto any leads or calling people. Just when you're fresh, you know nothing. Mm-hmm. So sure. learning the scripts, learning the even just the real estate lingo and what it means, how to talk to people. Yeah. Um, 
So most of those were team generated leads. Oh yeah. Okay. And then, um, but still, I mean, if, would that end up being that first quarter? You said about seven deals, eight deals. Yeah. Like first quarter was really good. Yeah. Um, so then, what do you think happened in the next, say, the next quarter? So the next three months? Uh, I was dumb, and it was the got myself onto the roller coaster. So when I'm busy with those clients, showing homes, doing inspections, putting people under contract. Of course, then I lapsed on the, the follow up and the prospecting mm-hmm. and the so when those closed, it's like, oh well, shoot, now what? Mm-hmm. Then yeah. basically, it's just starting from square one again. So yeah, and I think that's a real no. I think that's a real problem for a lot of people. And I, that's you had a contact manager, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, um, like, when, basically, what I do is same thing. Like every single day, I'm prospecting, no matter what. Yep. Like it and whether it's a couple calls, whether it's like sitting down like for hours. Um, it all depends. Like my, literally, like today's Tuesday, my or Monday, my my Thursday. So the day after New Year's every year, January second, I literally will sit here in my office, probably from. I have an appointment. At, I have like a networking thing at seven, but I'll probably mm-hmm. be back in the office right before nine. Mm-hmm. I would say from nine to whenever I'm done, which I'm guessing four, five, six o'clock at night. Wow. I'm literally just gonna sit there on my phone, call, call, text, whatever. I'm probably beginning of the year going to call everybody um, instead of texting. Everybody and, meaning past clients, everybody, or just nope. In these are these are people that because I always find like I break it up and I've kind of a lot of it is intuition, a lot of it's gut, mm-hmm. you know, where you feel that they should go. It's kind of there's not real estate's funky in the sense that there's a there's roughly a guideline, but you you change it based on the conversation you had with the person, maybe the way, maybe who they are, maybe who um, where they're looking when they want to buy a home. So most of the time, I always find that. December, I don't even. I don't think I really follow up with many people in December okay. unless they're super active. For me, it's just one where people are busy. Last thing for most people, depending, and a lot of these people are ones that they could be like actively looking or have actively looked in the past. They could be people that I've literally never met and I just send stuff to and I call them once, twice, or one every month, every other month, mm-hmm. once a quarter kind of deal. Um, I always find that December to me is. I usually take the first, you know, I usually call everybody the first day of the month. So December okay. 1st is like, or second, whenever it falls yeah, yeah. on that first day of the month. Uh, the first day of the month could be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. First of the month could be a Saturday or Sunday. If it is, and I just go the third, maybe it's on a Monday okay. kind of deal. Um, I do that every single, um, yeah, I mean every single month. And December, I don't really do it just because I find that it's most people, if they haven't been looking, aren't going to start looking in December. Yeah. So I push everybody after January because what I also find is a lot of people, the mental thing of let's just get through December yep. and then I'm going to start looking again. I really find that for me, January picks up. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, yes, the weather sucks. It's not good. <laughs> people aren't like looking at homes. Like, let I me mean, look at it right now. People aren't like looking out and being like, I really want to go look at homes, but it's the idea of, okay. 2020 new year's resolution i want to get out and look at homes okay perfect so i'm going to capitalize on that by calling people um at that time and just you know checking in and it might just be hey anything you guys looking to do anything in 2020 a lot of it is just hopefully establishing um some type of timing and plan see what their motivation even is yeah i mean it could be something i've talked to for two, three years and it's just the same thing. And then might just check in like, Hey, do you guys have any, you still doing anything this year? You think you're going to punt it till next year? And either one's fine. I just yeah. want an answer. Cause then I just adjust. And like, for me, I don't care if people are going to buy now. Cause 
I mean, if they buy a year from now, I'm totally fine with that. I just, I just want to know where I got to put you in my follow-up because I, again, if you're looking to purchase, you know, at best, you know, maybe mid in the summer, then I'm not going to call you in February, March, and April. Yeah. I'll call you in May and just check in again and say, yep. Hey, you know, I know we talked, do you still want to start looking maybe, you know, June kind of deal? And it's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of establishing, um, plans and time frame, And that is going to be Thursday and I'll just sit here and call and like today, I, I got through a few things. I did pretty much nothing last week, which was great. I yeah. had we had Christmas. I had my birthday, my son's birthday. Um, I just wanted like some time with the family, and I I don't think I've posted anything on social media. And well, we've had a few things that we've had scheduled to go out, but yeah. I haven't actually posted anything probably in a week, and that's totally fine with me. And I'm not even planning on doing anything between now and New like <laughs> New Year's pretty much. And then full bore will start. I mean, it'll, oh for sure, it will ramp up pretty good on the second, but. Yep. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it's just, this is like my time to kind of decompress. I was, in, I literally was in here. Like that whiteboard was pretty much any spot you see white has been erased as of today. It was just fall. And then I, I've gotten to the point and I kind of want to hear your spin on this. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I want to do and the amount of like projects and notes and things that you want to get done, just keep adding up, adding up, adding up. So my thing was, or my system, I have, it's kind of funny, I have a project box of projects to work on, which is way up there, which is full. That's funny. And then I took out of that into another box that said projects to work on now. Okay. And then from that box, I actually like have the actual folder of the thing I want to kind of work on, which the folder is like this thick because it's a bunch of paperwork. Yep. And... Then I have those pro- those thoughts, and then I have emails to myself, and I try to simplify it down where I just want to have like the projects to work on. I kind of don't even know what's in that box, okay? Because the whole purpose is it's stuff I do want to implement. It's kind of like this stuff. Like a lot of this stuff, I might just put down on a sheet of paper and just put it up in that box, okay? Because for me, when I look up here, it gets it's overwhelming. Oh, for, well, yeah. Meaning it's just a lot of stuff. And it's not one where I got to have it all done today. My problem is when I have some notes there, I got some notes in a box. It's it's really trying to... What notes are more important than the other? Yeah, what's essential like this, but, right now? Yeah. So I just kind of went through the list today and I'm like, is there? do I really need to do that? Is that something that it'd be nice if it was done, but is it my big, big item? And I haven't finished it. I'm going to keep going through some stuff, but there's some main things up there. I'm like, yes, that that needs to be done like this year like yep. 2020 it needs to be done i could say we need to be done tomorrow they all need to be done tomorrow They're, none of them will be so yeah. you pick one thing but it's the idea that like that's really a 2020 project and for me i always look at the amount i've been able to accomplish over each year mm-hmm. is a lot even though you look up at it and you're like oh my god i'm not gonna be able to get it when you're done a full year like wow i made such a big leap in one year but it's it's not focusing on getting it all done today me, I'm just like right now when it's a little quieter, I kind of ramp up stuff here. So like I'm way more crazy here. Okay. And then once you start getting into the season when it's just like bonkers and that I was telling you like, I mean, we're going to be right around 20 people in the office next year. We're probably going to have about 20 agents next year. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is, it, it's just great. It's just one where it's like, okay, now I'm like managing <laughs> 20 people. Plus still generating doing closing oh yeah like like i I think when people when i talk like hats that i wear here i have the hat of real estate Mm -hmm. me selling as an agent i have the hat of me managing people and then you have the hat of like running the back end of the company of just like 
you know, doing, working on marketing, working on projects, working on things that aren't to keep everything just going forward in general. Yeah. So I'm building the company, I'm building the, the actual agents and then, or people of the company. And then I'm building like myself. Yep. So all of those are going on all day long. So I think most people that do real estate don't have to worry about those two big blocks. They worry about their own shit basically. Yep. And which is which is fine. Like there's days I wish I was like, man, I wish I'd all I do was sell. Like I wouldn't do half this stuff. But like, why do I have to make certain like operation manuals and all these things? Like why do I have to do that? Like I wouldn't really need to do that because I mm-hmm. and I know it. But new agents coming on, it's going to save me time. It's a project to get done. But so what do you? What's your system for staying organized, getting things done? Yeah. So to do lists. When I, I mean, my, my CRM that I work out of basically just gives me my daily to-dos with what clients to follow up with, as you were saying earlier, like, where's their motivation at? Am I hitting them once a month? Am I hitting them every other week? Or is this an active client that I'm talking to every day, every other day? Um, so I prioritize off of that. But then when it comes to business things and like this for you... Um, really so when i was with i did keller williams for a little bit too i jumped all around but um we had i took a class it's called bold business objective a life by design and really it was just about focusing on the one thing that's most important to you at that time get it done master it knock it out move on to the next rather than having your hand in a bunch of different hats like when you have that board there just completely cluttered you look at it and you're like well i want to do that i want to do that i want to do that like really just what do I need to do now that's going to put my business ahead tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And then the same question tomorrow. And then that just chips away at those lists, at those. I know we've talked before, and I'm still scared to put myself on social media and stuff, and I need to just jump off the bridge and do it. Like it's, But that's my, like, that's my one thing that I know I need to be doing mm-hmm. that I'm not doing, and I just need to really step that up. But it's tough. I always think of an excuse of not to, and I'm just getting in my own way with it. Why, why do you think that is? I'm just scared to put myself out there. Like my back, when I went to school, I did like social media management at mm-hmm. some companies and like I was always able to, I was comfortable putting the content out, but I was able to hide behind whatever that content was. But now it's, I'm that content and I'm trying to put mm-hmm. myself out there and I don't know, I just, it's, hard, it's tough to kind of toot I mean, your own horn. Yeah, but have, have you pinpointed why you don't want to do it? I, no, I guess not. I think I'm just nervous to put my, I mean... I mean, is it nervous? Just like, do I not sound right? Do I do I not know the, my information correctly? Um, no, I'm not worried about. I think it's more just like what people will think pe- of me. Exactly. Like, like, are you talking like friends, coworkers? Yeah, the industry. That yes, I think that's it. Just like why, like, and not many other people are. I'm friends with a bunch of realtors. You're the most. You're the most active out of any of my real estate friends, mm-hmm. and. Even just thinking up here to real estate, you're the one top of mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bad video is better than no video. Mm-hmm. And I just need to get out of my own way and do that. It's just not... You just, you just answered your question. Oh, so. I know. It's just... It's tough to get out of your own way sometimes. It makes it hard. <laughs> so I... Sorry, folks. Still eating. So, um, yeah. So when I went... I started doing video... I created a Facebook page, business page, I want to say five years ago, same, the same one I still run. Um, I mean, if anybody wants to, if you're bored, go to the, go to the page <laughs> and go all the way back. The first like year, 
I would even say maybe the first year and a half were awful. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I just, there was, the, what I was posting was generic. What I was posting wasn't often enough. What I was posting had no real value to the end consumer. So then I kind of flipped the script. Like, the one thing I always kills me when you go on to like real estate and stuff, if I go on to like a real estate website or a, a page mm-hmm. and I love it locally, like we, we don't have a lot of places, but like Remax, it kills me because I get notified of pretty much every agent that's on Facebook, you know, locally. Yeah. I'll be notified when they post stuff. 99% of them, 97, 8, whatever you want to do, very, very, I mean, they, I, honestly, I think it's just me and a couple of times you might get someone that posts something decent, but it's not consistent. Yep. The problem is if everybody goes on those those pages, it's like, New listing. Check out my new listing. Here's seven tips to spruce up your kitchen. Here's, you know, three, you know, ways to keep your New Year's resolution. Like, to me, I look at all those things. Like, one, I put myself in my shoe. Like, I try to put myself in someone else's shoes and look at my stuff objectively. So, if I'm to put out something, here's three hacks to stay with your New Year's resolution. Okay, here's seven tips to spruce up your kitchen. Yeah. If I was to put that link on a page and someone was to see that link, what's the odds I would click on that link and watch it? Me? None. Zero. I wouldn't. I I would have to be so like top of mind that I wanted to spruce up my kitchen to even look at that. That's true. And me as a me as being in the profession, I don't even want to click on the links. You know what I mean? Like and I would have some interest in it. So yeah. I've, I've done this before with eight. I don't know what your page is. So if this is your page, fix it. But um, I haven't seen your page. No, but my page doesn't even have that much on it. Okay. So mine is uh, closed, pending, sold. Well, well, there's there's some good to that. But so when I like, I'll take those pages, like the the seven tips to spruce up your kitchen. I'm generic. You just put put whatever you want in that that little sentence. Yeah. I've gone on before to agents, took that article and made a video on it, and, and it's been gonna, seen by five hundred people. Yeah. The, the problem is... So with, take those shitty articles. And yeah, because nobody gives a shit about that. Yeah. You know what they care? They know you. Yep. So you get on camera, you say the same thing that's in the article, but they're like, oh, Devin's saying something on camera. I want to see what he's saying. And have fun with it. You're like a fun guy. Like I would... If anybody's watched my stuff, I'm not super straight-laced and nervous and uptight. Like yeah. if I make a mistake, I call myself out on it. I don't care. Like or I just roll with it. And- yeah, we just roll with it. I mean, the, the amount of times... I'm not the best speaker. I know it. I, I speak too quick. I, I mean, I have so many flaws when it comes to speaking. I don't enunciate stuff well. I just speak. I roll sent words into sent other words. Yeah. Um, but I don't care. And at the end of the day, one of the biggest things is like just put – and do you follow – I've been following him now for since 2011, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, you got me on him. Yeah. So like one of the big things he's always said because he was like a big inspir- – I say inspiration but like kind of – showed me the way and I follow a lot of his stuff because it's still very practical yep um is don't it's, it's always big in letting the market decide meaning if you are already are saying your stuff is bad it's bad you, you, meaning you haven't given a chance to, to breathe you know what yeah. I mean like you, it's one where I could sit there and look in the mirror and find every flaw or look in the camera and say my god it, my hair is <laughs> bad I got something in my teeth oh man I stuttered on that I, like all these things that you could nitpick about and nobody cares. It's kind of like when you 
just put it out. Like, yeah, but think but think it, about just... like any problem you have. You could be like, man, like I got this freaking thing next to my eye. I don't know what it is. I keep bumping into it. It's mm-hmm. like I don't know if it's like pimple or what. <laughs> like to me, I'm like, oh god, anybody noticing that? Like, I've seen like I didn't ten, even notice it. No, I've seen like ten people today. <laughs> Nobody notices it. And like me, I don't, I'm not I'm, I'm, meaning I don't. It's not that big of a deal. It just hurts every time I like rub my eye and I hit it. Yep. But like some people would freak out about that. It's like a pimple high school thing. Like oh, but, like nobody cares because like people like you look like you look like and you talk how you talk. Yep. So you don't want to go on camera and appear different than what you are because then someone meets you in real life. You're like, wow, you seem so much different on camera. Like I like when people say, wow, you're like exactly like I expected you to be. I'm like, perfect. Because that's how I want you to think I am because that's how, how I actually am. Well, yeah. So there's and no, if like you're not what you're putting out there. Then people aren't going to trust you. Like when exactly. They... Yeah. So all the stuff I put out, I have fun with it, but you gotta, you gotta think like back to this, the first couple scenarios about how that stuff is just crap. Like here's my new listing. Here's the MLS link. Great. If somebody's not looking for a house, they don't care. Put photos out. Put a little video tour. Yep. Do something fun with it. Um, I actually want to start getting a little bit more creative and fun and, and listing videos. Okay. Like walkthroughs. Have more fun with it and just like more joke, joking around and have like – and actually like having like a little entertaining video more than just like here's a three-bed, two-bath ranch in Plattsburgh. Like that that kind of stuff gets boring and stale. Yeah. People do business, again, with, I don't know who said this, but no like and trust. No like and trust, yep. And that's a common thing. I think everybody's ever, who's ever done sales, it's so true. Yeah. But the idea is that if I put myself out there, my my voice is out there, my my physical appearance is out there, my mannerisms are out there. Well, guess what happens? People are now gravitate towards that much more than a business card of my face just sitting there. They don't know that person. Well, because even if they even if they've never met you in person, them watching you on a video automatically gets that personal touch that somebody else doesn't have. Yeah. So well, when they meet you in person, they'll feel like they already know you. Even though there's verbal and nonverbal cues in yeah. video, and what it also allows me to do is it come. I, if I put the information out there, is there other agents on the like? I look at it. There's 140, 150 people on our board. Okay, That's so I, I know it's small. Yeah, I know. I know it's coming from someone from Tampa, but you got to look at it. Our out of 150, yes. Are there some really bad agents? Yes, but there's some really good agents. Like as, as, as with anything, just oh, yeah. odds. There are some agents that are. There are some agents right now that are extremely good that have been doing real estate for 15, 20, 25, 30 years that. I would say because of just straight on experience, Mm -hmm. would they know more than me? Probably on certain things. I think I'm very good. I think I'm extremely knowledgeable. I've, I've, I've done a lot of transactions. I've done, I've been a lot of scenarios. So I think I have a very good pulse in the industry, but a lot of agents could do what I do. The problem is, or the good thing for me is I have a mixture of, I have the knowledge and I'm not afraid to put it out there. I see some agents trying to do it, which is great. Um, most, most of them are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They'll put out a good post and then you'll be crickets for a week and they'll put another one out. And then, I mean, I post on Instagram typically three times a day. I shoot for four. A lot of times I don't because I try to do... Those um, are mostly your stories though, right? No, no, no. These are posts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then my stories, I want to get better at my stories of actually documenting my day. My stories end up being a lot of just posting my posts or posting what I'm tagged in. Okay. Which is good. Like if agents here tag me or if people out in the community tag me, I'll, I'll reshare those, but I got to have, I got to start putting more actual stories out there. I would like to have 10 to 15 stories a day. I mean, and 
it's just the thing is if I put a story out, like I don't have a ton of followers, but 150 to 200 people will see that post every yeah. day. Like for me, that's a very not, I, I'm the world's worst salesperson in the sense I hate pe making people feel obligated. They have to do something like I hate fundraising. I hate asking for donations. I hate, like, I love my birthday. I don't, I don't even like when people give me gifts because yeah. I just feel like they've like spend your money on what you want to spend it on. You know what I mean? I, I've always been like that. And I, I think to be in a sales, um, right. Yes. To make a living, I need them to buy something. Well, I just look at it as I'm going to provide them as much value as I can. So they want to use me. So I, I kind of hack that out of it. Okay. So now I don't have to ask, like beg them to work with me. I want them to come to me and then I want to do a good job. So I get a referral, yep. which makes it easier. And then also when it comes time to buying a home, like I'm not going to force you to buy a home. Like if you like, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to a showing, like people think, I mean, I don't walk around the home and like give you a tour around the house. Like most people, you they go into a house, a kitchen, they can see that. Yeah. You, you go and you, you literally just go and small talk with them and yeah. shoot the shit. If it's a friend of yours, I talk about anything like, yep. Oh, did you see the game last night? And just, and then they're just kind of walking around, looking at the house, like, yeah, it's not for us or I think we kind of like this and like, cool. Like if you want to make an offer, just let me know and then I'll do my thing. But the actual going through a house, the client will let you know when they want to buy it. So like, I'm not even pressuring them to sell. It's just yeah. like, what do you want? You want the house? Okay, cool. Now listen to me and we're going to figure out how to get it, you know, the, hopefully the lowest price and the quickest and yep. in most efficient way. Um, there's obviously, as you know, a ton of variables depending, oh, yeah. you know, what's the seller's situation like. But um, I think by doing the social media stuff, I'm able to put myself out there and have people want to work, you know, with me. Um, it's happened for agents. I've gotten one, two, three, four, five. There was out of all the like the newer agents that have come on, we'll have six that have come on basically in about two uh 15 months or so through seeing your stuff five of them are from seeing my stuff that's how i met them and which is crazy because that wasn't even part of my intention by doing stuff like literally it was for like me as an agent now yeah. i'm like you know what like no i like it that i'm able to showcase our office and i i'm very big on trying to get the other agents here to do the same thing because yep. i want people to think of kavanaugh as a place to go buy your home not kavanaugh or not, not it's just galen yeah like that's the one thing that Yes, people know I'm like the face of this for now. Yep. My end goal is not to be the face of Kavanaugh. I want Kavanaugh to be its own thing. It's, I like I want like like an apple. I mean, grand, I know we're talking apples and oranges here, but take Apple. Yep. Like I buy all Apple stuff. Like everybody knows Steve Jobs was behind Apple, but Apple had its own identity. Yeah. And I want this, basically the same. Like Phil Knight is Nike, but Nike has its own identity. Like some people don't even know who Phil Knight is. Some people, you know I've what I mean? I've never heard that name. He's, he's the founder of Nike. <laughs> like Shoe Dog, a very good book. Uh, it's about, about okay. him. But it's the whole idea. Like I want, I want people to just think of Kavanaugh and then be like, well, I know Galen's and I, like, I know Joey and I know the other agents. Like I want them to know you people. You want that to be the go-to real estate company. When That's all it is. I want, I want it to be the number one go-to realty company. I also want it to have a position where we provide here a framework where if the agents come here, there's no other place they can go in their area that would be better in regards to support, in regards to compensation, in regards to just like fun. Yep. And that's my main thing. Like I want to have fun. We have a good, we have a really good crew of people here. Like everybody, we're, 
we're pretty good friends. I mean, you you well, even see- just from watching along, I get that from you guys. Like. I watch yeah. Jordy walk in. I'm like, oh, you're the infamous Jordy, just because I see her on everything. It feels yeah. like you know her, and I've never well, met her before. <laughs> and that's part of the like our like marketing strategy is like cross promote each other. Mm-hmm. Agents don't do that around here. There's not one. There literally is not one company around here that their agents promote their agents as much as we do. Yeah, like we we go out of our way to promote our agents. There's, I'll put ta- I'll literally tag agents in stories so they can reshare on their story. Yep. Because now my reach just went from my whatever, how many followers to now just compounded how much because they were willing to put a thing on. We've gotten followers from each other just because of that. And now people know who Ellie and Courtney and Hannah and Kanan are and some of our older agents I'm trying to get on. But, you know, it's tough, you know, to but, it, you know, even Nicole here, she's an admin. One of my challenges to her this year is I want you to be very active on social media. And she's the same thing. She's not used to it. And you know, for her to put herself out there, she's, it's, it's, it's something she's got to get over and it's kind of like a, like a mental hurdle or whatever. I just, um, like I was saying two, two, five years ago, I made my first page about three years ago I did my first video. And I remember sitting there going YouTube. It's on there. It's shitty. I forgot what I even did. And I'm literally sitting there. I had it downstairs. I had it same kind of counter. I had this really kind of crappy tripod. I had a lab mic that I bought, I hooked it up to my phone Went to my shirt, which is good. Probably lighting wasn't great because, yeah. you know, the, the sound was okay. Um, I wrote on a whiteboard, which I still have over there. And the thing is on the whiteboard, you can't see it that well. Like, like I get close, you know what I mean? So yeah. I was like all these things that, but I didn't care. I put it out. You know what I mean? So I was one and then put two and then three. And guess what? By like 10, I was better. And 20, I was way better. And like, and even with like, we're doing the vlogs, we're doing the podcast, my first podcast was okay mm-hmm. you know it was about a year ago it was okay now you know this is number 62 i mean there's not much prep work i just came like you're ready to go and yeah. just kind of <laughs> shot from the hip you know and press I, the button and let's let's talk yeah about. yeah and i just but a lot of it's just go and i don't care like if this people don't listen to this i don't care if people if a million people listen to it watch out joe rogan but if a million <laughs> if you know what i mean but if like say say we get 10 to 15 downloads or we get 150 yep. or we get 1500 it doesn't change anything that I do. To me, it's just like, wow, that's kind of cool that I had that many people that listened to it. Um, but I mean, I'm not really going for, I have fun doing this. Like I have fun talking to people. Yeah. Um, the fact that people, other people can listen to it is great. Like I have some people that listen to almost every episode and I'm like, you know what? It's cool. Like they listen to it. They, some of them have been guests on the show and it's a fun creative outlet for me. The vlogs are fun. But to me, it, it kind of scratches a creative itch that I have that, Real estate is okay, but it allows like the creative marketing side to come out. Yep. And I love that. While uh, still also helping your real estate And that's, estate that's side the awesome part about their hand in hand. Um, so I think, because we've talked about it before, I really think that you should just bite the bullet and do one, two, three. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. The only, I'll be honest, the only people that have ever given me a hard time on anything having to do with real estate where I've heard it a couple times from other agents, but not as bad as you would think. Um, I've actually had some compliments from agents. Yeah. Um, some of the younger agents are a little bit more less, uh, 
less what's the word like they don't give as many compliments the older agents that have been around I'm like i'm not going to do that so good job yeah the younger ones i think don't do it just because there's some like i wish i was doing it kind of deal yep. and it might be the same thing i have a mental hurdle as to why i can't do it so i always find that anybody that's negative about it most of the time is they're just more envious that they're not oh, yeah. doing it um and everybody else loves it i mean the amount of people that have liked it over hated it far exceeds anything else and the fact that people will reach out to me like i had a girl came, that came two weeks ago wanted to work here she literally like wrote this like real sweet letter <laughs> to me stating like why I want to work here. And she put like local matters in there and she had all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, you're like really buttering me up. But she had like, but a lot of it was because she knew us. Like yeah. she knew who I was. So it wasn't, um, so that was kind of cool. But you, you get that because I put myself out there. Had I not put myself out there, she's not working here. She's working somewhere else. That's true. You know, she may not even be in real estate. Maybe someone looks at me and be like, honestly, he looks like he's having fun and they got a good crew of people. I've never thought about real estate, but I'd like to work with those people and I want to give it a shot. Yeah. That will, pro that will probably it. happen. Yeah. Um, so give me a day to day and folks, this will be a lot of real estate talk today. So, <laughs> um, this is not even realty talk. This is, this is uh, a lot of real estate talk, realty talk, realty talks are our other podcast, but, yeah. um, give us, LA. yeah, give us like a day to day in your life, like a, as a realtor down in Tampa. Uh, normally I try to, kick start kind of get on the phones by like nine i'll hit those for a few hours just kind of doing my follow-up prospecting some lead gen and then obviously the goal if i'm able to have showings and whatnot that'll be what my afternoon usually consists of uh we have team meetings like bi-weekly so we'll pop in all the team will get together uh go over new business strategies go over new potential prospecting tips to engage new clients um but I mean, otherwise, it's a lot of, it's going to be different than yours, obviously, because you're doing the business side of things. For me, I'm more just doing a buyer agent, listing agent, trying to generate new business, running appointments, showing homes. So you, are you better at prospecting now? Yeah. Like every day? Like that's my, that's my probably best part. What I need to get better at is actually after a close or keeping relationships alive after things mm -hmm. are done. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm really good about staying on top of new leads because our company generates leads for us. So I don't know, let's say 40 plus leads a month are coming into my CRM. So I'm working those relationships, trying to convert them, get them on the phone, mm -hmm. turn them into a buyer, see what their motivations are. You want to go tomorrow? Do you want to go six months from now? You know, and mm -hmm. just stay top of mind with them, build that relationship until they're ready. Yeah. That's actually, I have it over here. So when you talk about like the lists, yeah, like these, these are my big three. Um, which we're actually due today and they're not all fully done. Okay. So, uh, which is fine. I mean, it's, I've started a little dent, but then yeah, whatever. So this, so the, <laughs> the idea, no tangent. So like past clients, um, then I have like my business partners, which is like the top one Yep. and then increased communication by people under contract. And that's my... One of my biggest faults right now is my communication with people that aren't active. I'm so good at new leads. I'm so active good at meaning months down every, the road. Everybody prior to going under contract, I am really, really good. Okay. Which is good because that's what generates a lot of sales. And yep. um, I'm not very good with people under contract. I'm not terrible, but I could be way better. I could be way better. Um, and I'm probably too much when it comes to that. I put a lot of time into that and making sure they have no questions. They, It's not. 
how often if somebody's how long does your normal closing take 30 days i know yours are a lot longer (laughs) i just had a so with the new company i one of my my neighbor wanted to sell their home put it under contract on i don't know let's say early december fha closed in 17 days it's insane the lender was just a magician though so i've never worked with him before when the client when the buyer came in presented the offer i called the lender right off the bat and i'm like can you actually do this and he was like i'd rather close it on the 20th than the day after or than the whatever the day after christmas 30th 34th whatever yeah it would have been today it would have closed on the 30th he's like i'd rather do it then it's all the stuff's gonna have to be done i'm not working over christmas i'm not so i'm like all right my man let's go jumped through hoops he i'll definitely throw him some business because i've never seen a lender do stuff like that yeah i'd love to give him a shot (laughs) the only only problem is we're well you're a title state right yeah we don't have uh we don't have um attorneys. attorneys like i i have a good relationship with so many attorneys around here the system, the way the closing system's done up here is broken. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. There, there's, I can see arguments both ways, but I still think there's a lot of old. I think our industry is just way behind. Okay, like Plattsburgh is farther behind than, like the. T- I mean, you have New York and LA. Those yeah. are going to be your big hubs always, and then everything from business to fashion to music to whatever food. Yep, for sure. Um, Tampa is a fairly big metropolitan area. It's been growing like crazy. Yeah. So you guys will have, those things will hit you guys way quicker than us. Mm-hmm. Like there's stuff you know about in the real estate industry that I probably don't know of yet or maybe know of, but it doesn't exist here yet. Yeah. Like the, we were talking about the Zillow thing earlier, like what we have going on there. Definitely. I, I, I would doubt it exists here. Yeah. And, and so there's always these things that we're always probably, I would say three years behind. Okay. Maybe a little more, three to, eh, probably three years behind. It changes too quickly, I think, to be longer. So, but. Like, how much automation it, do you have? Like, do you have the open doors? Do you have the. We mean open doors. Uh, open door, offer pad. Like, do you all that have all that stuff up here? Is that like an online signature site thing? Oh, wow. I've never okay. even heard of it. No. Wow. So. Yeah. No, go ahead. Talk about open it. Open door offer pad. It's literally just a service that somebody reaches out and says, I want you to buy my home. They come out, tour your home, present you with a cash offer, essentially much less than market value and typically more fees than what a transaction would be if you were actually using a traditional realtor, but you forgo having to show people your home, having to, so they'll buy the property and then open door offer pad will sell the property back. So Zillow came out with the Zillow offers and that's what we're kind of working with now. So Zillow came out with their competitive platform to that. They'll present offers to people. Um, so Zillow will buy the home. Zillow will buy the home cash and then sell it themselves. Uh, but if it doesn't fit their criteria, doesn't fit whatever, that's where we come into play and can sometimes pick up listings off of that. Obviously there's percentages that have to go back to Zillow cause they're the ones generating these leads. But, um, so when, when Zillow buys it and Zillow sells it, how is that done? Like, how is that? How are the showings done? How is, I mean, they're vacant homes. So I, this is completely new for Zillow, so I don't know how those work. So like offer pad and or open do offer door. Um, like, let's say you came down there and you're like, oh, that house looks pretty cool. Oh, it's offer pad. You can literally walk up to the front door. There's instructions on it with a lock box. It says, call this number. You put in your personal information. It gives you the little combo to unlock the door. You go and you preview the house. As a buyer? As a buyer. Okay. With no, no agent with you, no anything. Mm-hmm. You can just walk into any of these houses and go check them out. 
And then, so Zillow buys it. Zillow, somebody obviously goes and puts the lockbox or does whatever on the keypad. No, not even. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, you got to set yeah. that up. Yeah. Um, so somebody works for Zillow, whatever, goes yep. out and does it. Or they hire an agent like you to go out and yep. put the system up. And maybe they'll do some updates to the house too before reselling it just to maximize what they can get out of it. Um, for resale. So who's the, I mean, I'm sure if they're doing this in big areas, they must have like, does Zillow actually have people on the ground that work for them? Like, how are they getting one? How are they getting pricing? Yeah. So they'll to, have people on the ground. So like we have an office of people who just run comps for Zillow all day. Mm -hmm. So people are clicking these things, wanting to, um, have a cash offer on their home. They want to see what their home is worth. So there's agents in the office that just run comps all day for Zillow on these new homes that are coming in. And then a rep will go out to the house and see. Cause obviously like you, rep as you guys? Uh, or I, Zillow? I don't know completely how that okay. works. but uh, Or open it, door, whatever. It, it, yeah, it'll just be a rep from that company or that's associated with that company that will go to the property, preview, look and see. Okay, well, here's where the comps have your house at, but... Okay, your kitchen sink has a bunch of rotting underneath it because there was some leaking. So that's going to cost this much money. So that would come off of their offer. Uh, you need a new garage door. That would come off of their offer. Things like that. So like when you go and you get a seller to sign, mm -hmm. you may say, here are some things that you can do to raise the value of your home mm -hmm. for when we do sell it. Essentially, they tell them those things, but they take it off of whatever the price is that they buy the house at. So the sellers don't have to fix it. It's just an expedited process for sellers and to... Typically, Zillow comes in X on percentage under yeah. asking. Plus then whatever fees and stuff like that may be associated. So are you finding that homeowners are taking advantage of this quite a bit? Oh, for sure. There's yeah. a lot of people who... Um, and then from like our side of things, that can be a little scary because obviously that just eliminates the need of a real estate, a realtor at times. Yeah. Um, but if, if they go in, say as a house... You said your average sale is about 250 or so. Say, mm -hmm. So 250 house goes on the market it's worth 250 what would zillow or open door offer them typically are you talking like somewhat close are you talking like 200 225 it's fairly close i think they're i think like offer pad and open door may have like some higher so like i don't uh, obviously there's no standard for commissions yeah. but let's say it's typically six percent yeah um you know uh their fees and stuff may be somewhere between like a six and ten percent so it's more of a convenience sale for Wow. So maybe there's so, maybe there's older couples who So they'll come want, in they'll come in lower and ha charge a higher fee. Depending on yeah, opera, But the, the benefit is it's cash sale. Benefit is it's cash sale. There's no inspections. They're flexible sometimes. Well, that's part of the inspections is where those um like when they have the person come out and tour your home of any issues with it. Mm -hmm. That's their inspections and they'll just take it off whatever they want to offer you. But um I only know more about the offer pad and open door side of things because I've dealt a little more with yeah. because the Zillow offers is completely brand new and I, I don't know much about that. I'm always curious in the future, like I'm not, of course you always talk about like, who's in jeopardy of like losing their job in the future. Like things are going to happen, things change. And I think, I always look at it, people talk about trucks. Yes, at some point in time, truck drivers will be obsolete. You won't need, you literally will have self-driving cars, you'll put stuff on, you'll say go to Austin, Texas, hit a button or whatever, and yep. the truck drives there and then shows right up at the place. And then there's people there that unload it. Maybe not. Maybe it's, it's uh, machine unloaded. But then I always look at real estate as real estate's a service, mm -hmm. and but it's a service that 
to me, it's kind of like automating an attorney. It's kind of like automating a financial planner. Yes, that you could, but are you getting the level of service that's tailored to the person if it was automated? So I look at like a financial planner. If I go to a financial planner and they might pop out an algorithm and say, how much money you have, here's the market, go ding, ding, ding. Okay, cool, ding, ding, ding. And that might be totally good. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens if I go in and then I talk to my guy and be like, yeah, man, we're having a kid next year or um, you know, four months from now. You know, I'm not sure. You know, Gina's got some health issues. All these things come into play. Then it's like, okay, why well, don't do this? And that. So then you, it's tailored more to your specific scenario. It's kind of like buying a home. Yes, sir, you can definitely automate a realtor. You, you totally can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't doubt that at all. The, the idea, like my knowledge or what I think I bring to the table as a realtor is not go open the door, set up showings. To be honest, that's the kind of stuff I want to automate in my business, meaning I want to delegate that to people. Cause, and have showing assistants and have. And, I, and that might be something I roll out this year too. Part of me, like you getting on social media and stuff, part of me is taking that plunge. Like that's my hurdle where I'm, I'm looking at it. Is, it. is it something that makes sense? Profitability, I think it makes sense. But then I also got to look at, does it make sense with the client? And then... Well, are you are you better on the phones or are you better face to face? If you're better on the phones and you can sit here and hammer phones and knock out appointments I, and have those, I'm really stuff. good at both. Yeah. Not to sound like douchey, but like no, I'm yeah. really good at both. But the idea is, is my time best spent going to like I'll put it very bluntly, like going to that house, meeting the family, mm-hmm. the guy who bought the house, showing it to his two kids, and it took us 15 minutes to go through the house. Okay, drive there, 15 minutes, drive back. In total, between getting set up, if I didn't go to the bank, or if I didn't go to the post office, which that's another thing, but... Yeah. but Just call it an say, hour. Well, I'd say even a half hour is pretty yeah. quick. In that entire time, what could I have gotten done here in a half hour for something for that what, doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. He already bought the home. He's just showing it to him. But then I always look at it. There's a rapport aspect of it that you can't replace. Yep. And then after this, I have another showing after. It is a property that needs a lot of work. Um, I've already been in a couple times. I would be shocked if they bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have those times where you just know it's not going to go anywhere. I'd be shocked if they bought it. Do I you know, spend the probably again, it's probably going to be no more than 20 minutes mm-hmm. if that you know, drive to the house, do it, drive back, so then take my toll today. There's an hour conservatively that if I just had someone else go do it, I could just sit here and what could I accomplish in an hour? Some of that list that you haven't touched. Well, yet. exactly. And that's, <laughs> and that's one of the things and I've, I've, I've tried to get better at when I talk about time, like there's certain things and people ask, well, then why do you do a podcast if you're worried about time? Well, one, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect of it. Two, not necessarily this podcast, but the real realty talk one, we film it, we chop it down, we make content out of it. That one to me is a great way for us to make. It's a dollar productive activity. I, I believe, yeah. I'm so big on social media that I, I think that, I say social media, I'm so big on marketing and branding. It doesn't have to be social media, just marketing and branding in general, that I think that is such, I put that as that has to be done every day. Mm-hmm. Like. Me posting on Instagram and taking five minutes on a post or yeah, about five to seven minutes on a post if I'm typing out quite a bit, 
to me is a is a thing I should be doing because I don't want to delegate someone to write the copy for my post because it doesn't sound like me. I want like yeah. me to to type out everything. And, you know, if there's a mistake or I say something, I want it to sound like me saying it, not, hey, Jordan, type this out and just throw it on there. So to me, that's worth it. Um, I don't edit this podcast. Mm -hmm. Jordan does. Because that's, to me, it's not a, for me, a dollar productive activity and or it doesn't move our company forward. Now, if I didn't have Jordan, I I would do it. Because I'd have to. I'd be forced to do it. Um, But by not having to spend the, say, 20 minutes doing it, that gives me more time. Mm-hmm. You know, if I've done 62 of these, I've done the real T-Talk ones. I've, you know, we've done over a hundred podcasts yeah. in a year. That's a lot of extra time that you're dealing with that. Um, so I think that aspect for me is the hardest thing that I'm challenged with right now that I'm going to try to 2020 is like communication and time management. Because again, with 20 agents, I can't just have 20 agents running around that know what they're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? And considering most, probably 14 of those are going to be people that have maybe a little bit less. A dozen of them will be people that have less than three years experience. Yep. So, um, cause obviously that's Kavanaugh realty too, at the end of the day and having that. Yeah. And it was funny cause we had a conversation with one of the attorneys is that they go, oh, man, some of these new agents are giving us contracts and like not, or not giving us contracts. And, and like, then I asked him, I said, is it one of our age? He goes, no, 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 not one of yours. I said, okay, good. Because if it is, let me know because that's, that's the thing. I don't want our agents because at the end of the day, if we're doing stuff not to – we're not doing it correctly, mm-hmm. it rubs off the wrong way. Then we screw something up and then it comes back on Kavanaugh. And like I said, as you get more people, my control becomes less and less because as you get farther out, there's more – they had like one person I could oversee every day. And I'm not a big micromanager. Well, that's what I was just going to say. You don't want to be I don't completely I, breathing down somebody's neck all the time. Yeah, I'm not a micromanager, I think, at any stretch of the imagination. I think you could ask anybody around here. I'm pretty hands-off on a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, I'm delegating it for a reason. I don't want to do it. So if I'm telling, like, if I'm telling Jordan to do something, she might run a couple things by me. You know, I, I watch the vlogs before they go out. I watch more just for sensitive information. Yeah. I... You know, I'll check, or if she sends me a post, or one of my interns that I had send me a post. Yeah, I will probably go through the post, and if I don't like it, I'll tell them to ch- make changes because I don't think it's if it's not up to a certain level that I think it's good. I'm not going to put it out, mm-hmm. and that's not to say it's a bad thing. It's just you might have to tweak a few items, but it's not a micromanaging like Jordan's filming the vlog. I don't care, film whatever you want, put what, <laughs> chop it together. I'm just going through to make sure I don't say something on there or say some kind of information that would be too sensitive or yep. we don't film in other people's houses, like things like that, that I make sure that are, aren't on there. Um, I don't really put social media. I don't put my kids and stuff on social media. I've like, noticed that too. yeah, I just, um, I mean, people can, I think it's just a cheap way to get likes and, and, but people can do it. They can do whatever they want. Yep. I just, I just don't want to put my, my kids are, are on. I mean, most people know who they are, but I just don't, that's a personal decision that I've made for that. Um, well, cause I really only see their stuff when Gina tags you and tags me with them. Yeah. And I, and it'd be my personal page. Yeah. So, I mean, you gotta and be friends with me to see it exactly. or, um, like Instagram, I very rarely go on Instagram. If you want to see my, like my business stuff, I've never posted, I think any of Gina or the kids and I've had like yeah, 700 I something posts. I, I don't recall yeah, ever it's, seeing anything. No, on. I talk about them a lot, but I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I got photos and stuff of them here and mm-hmm. obviously like see them every day and they're awesome, but it's, <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that's, 
that's the hardest thing right now. Um, so I don't know if real estate will fully be automated because I still think you need people, but who knows? I There's going to be, so it could turn into these companies like that, just automating things and hiring these bigger companies hiring an hourly wage for people to go open doors or you get $25 every time you open a, open a door. Um, there's going to be the P obviously people like you, I don't think that's ever going to affect because you're out there, you're putting yourself out there, mm -hmm. you're known and you're creating those relationships and bonds. But the people who sit back and don't really do anything right now, I could see just kind of falling to the wayside to, Oh, I want it. And a lot of people are starting to get the, I want it now, click of the button. Mm -hmm. And I got clients like that. I say clients, like a lot of them are ex clients now. Cause they'll be like, I want to see you home tonight. I can't make it tonight. I had one a few weeks ago. Like want to see it. It's like a Wednesday or Thursday. We want to see it Friday at five 30. I can't, I got a family function. Mm -hmm. I check four agents. They couldn't do it. I said, do you want to see it Sunday morning? Like I literally was going to get up early in the morning, go up, show the property. No, we're going to go another route. So I, I'm assuming they probably called the listing agent or someone else and went in like, that Friday night, instead yep. of waiting 36 hours when there was nothing, like I checked, there was no offers, no showings, like we were, we were good. Yep. And, but it's the, it, they're young kids, you know, probably 22, 23, 24. And it's that same thing. You want it now, but I think you had to look, especially our business, you can run, you talked about like the rat race, like people, if you're not disciplined with your own time, people will just Oh, they eat just it take up. advantage of you and yeah. My, my phone is on do not disturb majority of the day because I really? forget to take it off. Okay. Yeah, mo like I think if you call me, 90% of the calls go right to voicemail because okay. I have it on do not disturb. Like you can't actually, like I can see you texting me. I can see everything, but it's not going to notify me. I'll see I have a missed call and I'll call the person back. And um, I usually by midday turn it on. So if it rings, I can get it. But especially in the proactive reactive. Yeah, especially in the morning. No chance. That phone's on do not disturb all day long. Like you can call. I've had people with like six missed calls and I'm like, it's probably not an emergency. And 99% well, no. of the time it's not an emergency. Unless a house is on fire, there's really no real estate emergency. No. It can wait. No. And even if it's on fire, like what do you want me to do? <laughs> call the fire department. You know what I mean? I mean realistically, yeah, like, you yeah, got yeah. True. It, it's now if somebody calls me a bunch and we're closing that day, yeah, I'll call them right back and be like, Hey, what's the, what's the deal? Cause I don't want anything to hold up. But if it's just like, like there's really nothing going on. And most of the time it's like, we got this paperwork. What's the question? I'm like, okay, well, this is the answer. It's like, it didn't have to be answered that two seconds. Yep. And if you don't, if my favorite is when people call, contact you and I purposely don't pick up and within like minutes or within the hour, like, never mind, I figured it out. Yeah. Perfect. Or Perfect. you call them back hours later, just returning that call and oh, I forgot why I called. Yeah. It's like, so I get some of that. And part of it, sometimes I just don't pick it up because I know, or people that are long winded, I can talk forever. But on the phone, I'm very to the point, get yep. off. My favorite people to talk to are the ones who are like, what's up, this, okay, we got a game plan, okay, let's go, let's do that, ding, 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 all right, see it. Deep, deep personalities? I'm very deep, <laughs> I'm very big deep. When I, did you ever take that test? Yeah, I'm a high I. When I started, I was high I, I think it was ISDC. It was like, if you had to put them in order, mm -hmm. I think I'm a mixture of everything, but my D has gotten so much higher, like off the chart. I say off the chart. See, and I want that. Like I struggle so much when I get a D personality on the phone. I just get, cause I'm, I don't know. I, it's easier for me to interact with people who are peppy, talk more, but you get a D on the phone and it's like, they just want, 
Oh, I'm great with, if someone's like talkative, I love them. Like if I go to showings and they're energetic and talkative, I love it. I wish every client was like that. On the phone, there's times I really got to like tell my, like mentally in my head as I'm on the conversation, like, okay, just, just know this is going to be a long call and just, and, but the problem is there's times I don't call people as often as I should because I don't have the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if I got to call you and I know it's going to be a 15 minute call, like I have some sellers, it's like, man, I know you're gonna be on the phone for 15 to 30 minutes. And it's like, like I'll try to, I literally will call them leaving the office. It's about a 15 minute ride home, maybe a little bit less. And I will talk to them literally into my driveway and I'll be sitting in the driveway for five minutes. And like the conversation was over by the time I pulled on the highway. Like it, meaning it was a three minute conversation, but you repeat yourself 16 times. But I'm also empathetic. That's how those people, that's their comfort levels. You have to kind of play that game, but it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get better at, uh, mirroring those personality ticks when you like, especially with new clients, when they come on the phone, like you can tell within the first few sentences, what kind of person Mm -hmm. you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So I try my best now to at least replicate. Yeah. I think it naturally comes as you you do it more and you get more experience and just, just more reps of talking to people. Um, but I, th- it's tough. And I think the other hard part, I think is over, like sometimes becoming too quick on the phone. Cause I talk fast too. And I, I don't want to rush people off the phone and I got to, and have them feeling like, wait, I didn't get it. Yeah. Cause answered. I, I got it. One of my hard parts is like in a day, like take, take third, take today. Today was supposed to be a not very hectic day. I had 30 things to do today. Yeah, and that, that's like a non-hectic day. I mean, I probably made, made or talked to or whatever, thirty people today. You know, okay. meaning like sent an email, or called, sent an email, text, whatever I had to do to thirty people today on a day that I didn't think I really had anybody to call. Um, Was that by you choosing, or do you have a CRM I, portal that kind of prompts you to do stuff? No CRM por- portal. Yeah, okay. yeah. and. Some of them were people that I pushed off from Christmas. So I said mm-hmm. I'll be back. I know I'll be back on Monday. Um, I try to reach. I try to. I try to look at my under contracts on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Is what I call it like a Monday. I call it like my. I put down actually my notes. MF MWF rundown like Monday, Wednesday, Friday rundown. I usually just meet with Nicole and just be like, okay, what well, like where are they at? Nicole, your transaction coordinator. Yeah, so it's okay. like, where are we at? Okay, do we check on this? Is this all cleared up? Did you talk to this person? Nicole does majority of that. I, I don't do really any of that stuff to be honest. So I usually just talk with her two to three times a week for the people that are under contract. I'll read through the notes that she left, and then I just kind of talk with her to make sure we're all kind of on the same page. Yep. My hardest part is I got to get better at, because she does notify her clients and she's very good at it. Um, and my problem is also being a little more proactive of just, a friend of mine told me, he goes, if you, an outbound call to give information is a two minute call, an inbound call where they want to get information is 20 minutes. Okay. And it's pretty darn close. Maybe not be 20, but it's, it's quite substantially longer than two minutes because if somebody calls you, they're like, well, what's going on? Then now you're like, well, I don't, let me check. And now you're, you're taking time. You're kind of say defensive, but you're on defense. You're like, okay, I got to figure out, wait, what do you need? Let me look at the notes. Shoot. There's no notes. Nicole, what is going on? Then it seems like you're unorganized. If I call that same person, did all that stuff prior, call them up and be like, Hey, just want to give you an update. We're ding, 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 ding. Now they're kind of defensive. Like, Oh, Oh, okay, great. They don't have questions. They don't have, 
you know, they're all just looking at them like, oh, okay, well, I, no, that's great. Thanks for the update. Yep. Perfect. All right, I'll, I'll give you an update later this week or if nothing happens, we'll reach out to you next, next uh, early next week. Great, have a good weekend. Like, that's what I want to get it down to. I do that a couple times a month tops, meaning out of four, four weeks, I might do it half the time. Okay. See, my sellers, I try to hit once a week, and I'll usually do that on Tuesdays. Okay. And uh, my buyers, when they're under contract, probably through the inspection periods and stuff, it'll probably be two or three times a week that I hit them. And then mm-hmm. once that passes, I, I mean, our inspection periods are only seven to ten days there normally. Yeah. No, so, same. Same. Okay. okay. Um, so after that hits, then really it's just like a weekly follow-up like with the lender and then filling them in where things are at or here's where the appraisal's at, here's... So, the, yeah, and that, that's the other thing. As soon as you pass the home inspection, if there's no home inspection issues, which is like, thank, like, thank <laughs> God, um, then you get down to really, it's for us, unfortunately, it's six weeks. That's just now, so insane. Well, the problem, this is my biggest issue with the, the six-week deal. This is exactly how every closing goes. And this is why I want to get better at it because I'm really good from the moment I meet you to the moment you go under contract. Like I would put myself up against anybody around here. Then what happens is contract to close. I'm going to take eight weeks. It's about average eight weeks. First two weeks, you have home inspection, basically stuff, have the home inspection, any any issues. You try to work through that. Now, the one thing that always happens in the closing process, everybody's super jacked up. They got their offer accepted. There's no way we're going to keep that elation for eight weeks. Nope. So what happens is home inspection. Is home inspection good? Nobody gets real excited after a home inspection. Like the home inspection is perfect, no issues. Everybody's like, okay, great. Like that's what I expected it. Like, so you can only go down on a home inspection. Yep. So, and if a deal falls apart, 90 plus percent of the time is because of home inspection, at least in our market. I would agree. Yeah, home, you're, it's very rarely ever going to have appraisal issues that can't be resolved. We've been hitting that on and off, but that's just because our market fired up big time over the last so you've had a few old comps that have been messing with it yeah or just catching an appraiser on a bad day yeah and and (laughs) and a lot but a lot of that stuff i find the the appraisal issues you can work through yep the home inspection issues you get i always tell people i tell buyers i'm like the home inspection is a hundred percent your expectation level if your expectation levels are extremely high and you don't think the house is up to your level and you want to kill the deal, the only person that would ever end a deal because of home inspection is you as the buyer. Nobody else will tell you. There's no pass-fail in a home inspection. Home inspector is going to go look black, white, work, doesn't work, code, not code. Then he gives it to you. Are you cool with it? Like, you're the one that gives it a pass-fail rating. Like, nobody's actually going to sit there and look at that and say, well, God, he said there's no GFCIs in the kitchen, so it's a failed home inspection. No, it's just, he's just letting you know. It's a very objective, you know, he's not being biased. He's just saying black and white, is there or not? There's not. I just got to make a mark and say yeah. there isn't. Um, so for us, like, you can only go down on the home inspection. Mm-hmm. I go up, obviously, if it's like, we're past home inspection, like, I'm elated because, like, our, our job is, like, almost streamlined. Well, you talking essence. from a buyer's perspective or? Seller? From a buyer's perspective. Okay. Sellers are pretty easy because sellers, you go into contract and everything goes to the attorneys. You just kind of wait till all yeah. the buyers are done their shit and then you, you wrap it up. Like, yep. but if you're, so you're going through it and you have the buyers home inspection, you say you get through the home inspection. There's minor things, a couple things, you make an addendum, we get a couple things addressed. 
okay, we're good. Then it's kind of clear sailing. And then it's like um, appraisal. Appraisal is ordered. Hopefully there's no like delays with the appraiser going out. Okay, we're good. The appraisal comes back. All that is typically done in about a month. So for us, yeah. because what happens is the, uh, when it goes under contract, it goes to the attorney for review and it goes to your, um, inspector. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, majority of the banks aren't going to order an appraisal to happen until they know everything's cleared with the home inspection. And I see the benefit of that because there's no point to make someone pay for an appraisal Another if they don't need it. dollars whatever. Exactly. So. I'm totally fine with having the appraisal ordered right after the home inspection. The, the home inspection should be done with about a week, mm -hmm. and all the issues should be ironed out in about half a week, I would say. Yep. You, know, you can probably, three, four days max, you should be able to get through all the home inspection issues. So you're about 10 days into the process, and you should be pretty much through inspections. Mm -hmm. So then you have setting out the appraiser, and once the bank gets back everything, I mean, the bank can pretty much turn everything around in a month. Around here. Okay. The problem is the attorneys won't do anything with title until after the, the appraisal's back in and they have full commitment from the bank. So the bank so will give... you need like a clear to close, full loan commitment from the bank? You need like a pretty much a full loan commitment pending title issues. Wow. And then the attorneys will be like, okay, this is the last straw. We'll now order the title. I've talked to... I have a buddy here that does title um, locally. He goes, I can turn everything around in one to two days tops. And I said, what happens if it's really, really bad? Like you got to really look up stuff. It's hard to find old house, whatever the case is. He's like a week, which blows my mind. Like I was getting so not at him. I was just getting pissed at the scenario. Yeah. So my idea is we're past the home inspection. As soon as the home inspection's done, the appraisal or not the appraisal and title should be done at the same time. And ours are ours is it's very, and we could close in five weeks, probably. I don't, four would be, we should be able to close in four. We only have so many attorneys around here too, which is a problem because okay. by the time they actually get to it, because they're all, there's not enough attorneys for real estate around here. So by the time attorneys get to the, the real estate paperwork, they're in a queue of other stuff. So then it's like, well, we're going to go on our about date. And next thing you know, there's a two week delay just to get title. What's on on their desk or they're waiting from the title. I'm like, I know they're not waiting from the title. They even sent it to the title company. The yeah. title company will get it right back to them. So then you look at it as, you know, now we're we're doing everything. Um, it's one piece at a time, rather. Yeah, than it's not. They're not coinciding. Yeah, it's like one thing sets the next thing in motion. When it all should just be done mm -hmm. together. Because um, the problem is, we use that whole hierarchy line or that whole timeline. We start getting crap from people about week five, and I say crap meaning like when are we closing? Do we have a closing date? Do we have this? Do we have that? And a legit train, man. So, but like, when do we have? When are we closing? And it's like five weeks out. And our response for three weeks is it's in the attorney's hands or it's in the bank's hands. And I had a friend that came on here and he made a really good analogy. He's like, listen, he goes, banks and attorneys don't work for me, which is true. I mean, I can only move as fast at that point because our job's pretty much done at that point. Mm -hmm. our, basically, what we're trying to do is just play damage control and play like HR, PR. Just well, to and obviously, you still want to stand the good graces of that mm -hmm. client at the end of the day get a review get a referral get a mm -hmm. so that's got to be tough when you're oh it's I, in the attorney's hands oh it's in the just we, kind of punting every time a question's asked so we just had one that just closed on the 23rd we've been pending since may just closed there was issues so they were going through a grant 
a local grant the, this money. Well, the grant took forever. And then it was like, now we needed something new. Now we need this. Now we need that. Now we need a contractor to go out. Now that contractor needs another con. And then it was all this stuff that was never done up front. And then, so now we had these people, got a decent, I mean, old home, got a good price. It was definitely fair. They, I, I thought they you know, made out pretty good. But then you go from a time we should have closed in mid-summer. Uh, now, they had bought a home, too, in the time. Like mm -hmm. We closed in their house months ago. I mean, middle of the summer, we closed on their purchase. Um, or we probably even closed on it in like May or June. And their old house went on or went on under contract. And so they're frustrated. Well, I don't know if they're mad at me. I, I don't know if they're mad at us. But I think they're... But here it is. Now they're just the whole the whole closing process obviously makes them skeptical or jaded of the process and being like, well, I don't know if we want to sell a home. I don't want to go through this or that. Where we could pinpoint it had to do with the grant. Like literally, everybody was waiting months for this stupid thing to pass through. Yeah. Why? Because it was literally like, here's your file. It's on the desk with everything else. It's just sitting there. Um, that was the most frustrating part because wow. it, that's 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 the other hardest part. Is like, how do we keep clients basically in a good mood mm -hmm. knowing that a lot of the stuff is out of our control but i don't want to point fingers at anybody and i don't want to just say it's not an art it's not our problem like because well, as soon as you start pointing fingers then that's going to make that person just be like okay i'll take even longer now <laughs> well, well, well yeah you piss all the people off yeah. or your clients then think like well he doesn't really care so then it's like well i do care like i always tell people like how do you think we make a living or get paid it has to close like i want it to close just as bad as you do you know yeah. But the idea is that we can't, again, it, there's delays in certain aspects. Like, yes, I can make a phone call. I can make a text. The other thing I'm trying to get better at, and this all comes back to time, is just like today, hey, we're looking for early occupancy. Like I sent to my client, sent it to the other agent. Like I've left two mess. I left a message yesterday for the attorney, left him, which obviously yesterday was Sunday, mm -hmm. but uh, no, it was Friday. Left him a message on Friday. Okay. Um, and then a message this morning. And they got back to me like 11.30 this afternoon or earlier this morning. So, but it was the same thing. And then I let both of them know, like, I've done my part. Like, I've left messages. Like, I'm waiting to, the ball's in their court. I'm waiting to hear back. So if there is delays, it's like, hey, have you heard from that person yet? Most of the time, again, there's not a lot that I have to do in my end. Most mm -hmm. of the stuff that I'm waiting on people. The problem is I get clients that will reach out and say, like, what's going on? Like, you know what? Still waiting. And like that's just something like we talked about increased communication my under, yeah. under contract it's just how do i get better at being super proactive and some some clients call too often and you're not going to respond to them every single day or every other day but there should be at least once twice a week they're getting some correspondence from the office depending on the scenario do you do you ever do like buyer consultations or thoroughly explain what that looks like sometimes when they get under contract and so, set that expectation yeah so that was one of the things so i met with a bunch of guys I met with a bunch of guys uh, a couple months ago, October, I think it was. And that was one of my biggest things. And a lot of them, and a couple of them gave me some good email templates and a couple of things. And like one guy put it perfectly. He goes, <laughs> it was funny the way he said it. He goes, if I was to tell you, you're going to Disneyland. And I told you, Disneyland's awesome. You're going to love it. Like you're going to be like, oh my God, this is going to be so great. I can't wait. Or do you also say, Oh, Disneyland's awesome. You're going to love it, but you will have to wait in some lines. It's kind of setting the expectation. Like, it's going to be great. You're going to close on your house. It's going to be an awesome thing. You're going to be in the new home, everything you wanted to do, but there's going to be jump gaps in the road. I 
I got to get better at that. Yeah. Am I good at that? No. Because I think that expectation might help alleviate some of that. Well, what's yeah. going on? Why are we waiting? Mm-hmm. What's and that's that's one of the things that when I talk about the increased communication, that's my thing I'm trying to roll out this year is not only do I tell clients this, which for me is probably like a phone call right as soon as we go into contract, like, hey, got all the signatures. Hey, just wanted to touch base. Here's the next eight weeks of your life, basically, in the real estate world. Yeah. And then also send them out emails and then it's everything. And, and one of the guys, he gave me all his email templates and he goes, he goes, uh, what do you say? He goes, I literally send one out the week of closing. That's just like, hey, we're closing this week. This is a checklist. Literally down to, did you pick up like your dog crap in the in the, you know in the yard? Yeah. Did you did you make sure to leave, you know, carbon monoxide detector and smoke detector? Did make sure you mow your lawn? Like yep. these things that people just kind of take for granted or not even. Well, think about it, you're ready to close. You're like, oh my god, I packed up the the lawn mower. Then there's a delay in closing for a week. Now the grass hasn't been mowed. Now they get to walk through and say, well, hey, the grass is a foot and a half long. And now they want the grass mowed and like all these problems. So he goes, yeah, I'll send stuff right up to the closing. And that's something too that I got to get better at. Not, we don't run into that all the time, but yeah. it's like, I have run into it. Like, hey, do you guys have everything out of the house? Do you have all, there's no debris in the yard. You don't have like a scrap pile in the backyard that you need to move or you just, or someone's like, oh crap, I forgot there's tires in the back. Well, they got to be gone. Yep. Like, so that's stuff that I'm trying to be better at this year, be more proactive. Part of it is I want to have better systems in place for that, where it's not just me thinking like, oh, shoot, I should call that person. Like kind of what you're saying now, I'm like, oh, I just had someone go into contract last week. I probably should just call them and tell mm-hmm. them that. Um, so I, don't, I have a decent system for a lot. And some of that can be in, maybe in the transaction coordinator's yeah, and that's that. stuff we're yeah and that's things we're trying to work on right now because i have we have some systems i mean yeah. it's not like we're totally blind but it's oh, like yeah. but there's always stuff that we look at and like there's an inefficiency mm-hmm. i can change that i can make that better uh that scenario is not as tight as it should be um and that's all stuff that i'm i'm trying to get better at and it we will and like i said it's i look up there and i'm like wow there's so much things i want to roll out but even if that takes us two months to really fine-tune it it's two months. It's not a long time. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's like, great. Well, we kind of have this for the rest of our, I mean, you'll tweak it maybe every couple of years mm-hmm. or maybe even every couple of months as if things change. Shifts as... Yeah. But for the most part, it's, that's going to stay pretty consistent. Um, or you just keep doing it. And then all of a sudden like, that's oh, actually a better way. We're better off sending those on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday. You know, something as simple as a switch of a date yep. makes a difference. Um, yeah. So what's your biggest problems right now? Real estate wise. Uh, consistency. I just want to, and I think now with this new company that I'm at, that'll alleviate those issues, but it's definitely just been a roller coaster the last two years with, uh, here's three closings in a month. Here's two, three months with nothing. Here's mm-hmm. another home. Here's a month with nothing. Here's three. That, so it's just, uh, I want to get that pipeline solid, get, past client I think I'm this year will be the first year where I start to maybe see some past clients looking to sell what they mm-hmm. bought I've talked to a few and they're you know thinking about relocating upsizing families changed things like that um, do you have a lot of turnover in your area uh, what do you mean like people moving like like take a military area yeah so huge turnover a, there like do you have a lot of that yeah so I'll have a 
I haven't really seen that too much. I'm just getting into the listing side here with this new company. I haven't really been able to take listings before. So um, it's been, I, I've previously just dealt with a lot of military reloads coming in, mm-hmm. haven't dealt with a lot going out. Um, but also that's where we're competing against those buy it now sites because they when an fast. officer get, they have to move fast. So they don't want to. So for you, for, um, we don't really have that here. Yeah. I mean, if you have a military presence, like, I don't know how big the military base is. I'm sure it's hundreds of people yeah. or thousands, but that's one where if you can farm that area, I mean, I'm sure people are farming that area. Um, that's one thing, we, again, we want to roll out this year is farming certain areas. But the idea that if you can just sit there and a lot of the stuff I know for me, I'm going to be able to pull off is because... I just do it, more, I'll do it more consistent and I'll just eventually overtake you. And that's the way I always look at it. Like if somebody's already farming that military area and you'd be like, yeah, there's like three people that send postcards and mailers and stuff. I'm like, great. So you're going to go in, you're going to be smarter. You can, you do postcards and stuff, but you're going to be smarter in the sense you're going to do video. Yep. You're going to target these people and you're going to be able to hammer out your ads to those people, you're going to make it contextual to those people, meaning like you're going to talk literally about that community. You're not going to just say military people or people looking to buy or sell. You're going to literally be like the, I don't know, Tampa Bay military establishment, whatever compound, like you guys are the, you know, and talk to them and do market updates for their area. I'm sure you can grab all the stats from their community. Well, they don't, I wouldn't quite say there's a community. It's the base and then people live all over so like a lot of my military reloads have been in wesley chapel but then some buy right there in south tampa where the base is located at mm-hmm. you're talking a 40 minute drive so there's not like an actual base base not really i, I mean there is but not to like because you guys must have a lot of communities you know what i mean like like it's my just... town or my city town village whatever you want to call it that i live in we have nineteen thousand people yeah and so... that's probably smallish down there i mean like it's a suburb right because i mean it's plattsburgh yeah but it's like we're, i'm 25 minutes north of tampa yeah, so Tampa's your hub, and then it's like I said, you're half hour, and you have that big of a place. And yeah. I'm sure ten minutes out, it's even bigger. Oh yeah, like and, I, I probably will do transactions across like six different counties, but I would say a majority of the business is focused in three. Like for me, where I do business is mm-hmm. probably focused just in three. So how do you do? You do anything with trying to, you know, I say farm areas or target certain people? I don't know. Um, the company that I'm at, like, we have a, I should have brought it with me. We have a seller guide or whatever, and it shows, like, where most of our sales are. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, this blob of dots, right, in Land Lakes and Lutz and Wesley Chapel, right where we live, right where our office is located. But then just a huge spread outside of that. So their mailers, their postcards, their everything that they're putting out is right here in our area where we live in. How many agents do you have? Uh, probably 15. It's in the company itself, or yeah. is that... So the 15 make up the largest Keller Williams... No, uh, so this they're a standalone company now. Oh, this is a different 54 one. 54 oh. Realty. Um, they used to be with Remax, but separated when they gotcha. kind of got along, got on with Zillow or whatever for the new deal. So, so you're on the team with the broker. Yep. So um, husband and wife are on the team, and then we have a broker under them that uh, is essentially, I would guess I'd say, like an our office manager. manager. Yeah. Um, and we have office staff, admin staff, probably two or three TCs, uh, photographer that we regularly do, a lot of stuff like that. So you have 15 agents and you have about five other admin? Yeah, probably five to 10 admin too, I'd say. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that's eventually that's what I want to get to here. We have one transaction coordinator. I would like call I just call her closing coordinator, yeah. but um, ideally, I want to. This is the other thing I'm like I want to potentially have a full time either assistant for me or me slash office assistant Mm -hmm. because i want nicole to focus more on like a director of first impressions yeah sure you can call yeah um (laughs) that's what they call them there is it yeah Yeah, like i want someone that works here full-time that is like nicole does the closing coordinating stuff but like I had to go, um, well, I did it for you one time. I sent shirts, a shirt out yeah. to you. And I, I literally went, I had on the board, I was going to the board. I'm like, I've literally had on there to send five people a shirt for like four or five months. So I literally just rolled all the shirts today. I say rolled, I rolled like three of them. We had yeah. some already rolled. Threw them all in, went to the, took me 25 minutes, like actually in the post office. By the time I like went through everything, wrote the addresses out, stuffed them, I want them to go do that. Yeah. Like, I don't need to do that. Here's the names. Look them up. Find their address. Send, send them. I should have wrote a personal card in every single one. Forgot to do that because I just didn't have time and I just like slipped my mind. I would rather just write each of them a card, give her the card with all the stuff and just say, go mail it. Yep. Um, you know, because I do want to have the personal aspect, but I don't want to have to do just the stuffing of the envelopes and mailing. So I'm looking at someone that could do that. Someone that can, you know, if I want to do projects and stuff, they can totally do that kind of thing. Um, I mean, even down to the, like, I know Maybe it sounds... showing homes if you can't, like that. Well, even, I was thinking not even putting them as that. I would actually use one of our agents. Okay. This is where I was kind of, this is where I was having a dilemma. Do I take, you know, a Jordan that has the, that's learned the media stuff and have her just do all of that, just still do the media and still do um, the assisting part of it or just leave her on do that get someone else is totally different that just does office stuff that's not an agent not in the media aspect just totally does odds and ends or do i take an existing agent make them kind of part-time that and then they slowly build up their business the only reason why i don't like that is because i don't want to train someone to do all that as an agent mm-hmm. and then they end up becoming a full-time agent which is what i want them to do but it's one where I don't want to make that position a stepping stone position. I want to make that an actual position yep. where I hire someone to do that job and stays on for a long time. To that you know you can turn your back and what you need done is going to get it done. It is and done and I don't have to worry about, and I say worry, it'd be a good thing if they become a full-time agent, but I don't want to have to worry about, okay, they're finally a full-time agent, maybe a year, year and a half in. Now I got to rehire someone, which takes time. To me, it's like, find. I want to find somebody. So I'm kind of leaning towards hiring someone completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, unless Jordan wants to do it, but she's kind of, there's some people that love real estate, but will never sell real estate. Yeah. And and that's, and and a lot of it will be real estate. There's a lot of it that it'd be stuff up there. I mean, like, listen, like I need, I need this done. Can you learn how to do this? Or can you just do this for me? And it's not that bad stuff. It's just like, what, like, why is my Adobe creative cloud not sinking? I don't know. I don't know why it's not sinking. I can. I know I can look it up. I haven't had time to look it up, so it's just. Can you help me? <laughs> learn how to look it up. I actually got to probably I'll probably put Jordan on that one. Yeah. But but it's just little things like that. Like we have a couple, you know, closing gift package. I want to eventually roll out, and it's like I don't want to get those ready. I want someone just to, like I want to. Yes, I want to design it and hand it out, but I don't want to actually put it together. And it's just kind of the stuff that, again, what do I come back to? Like what what do I do in a day? It's 
I want to prospect. I want to go on appointments and I want to meet people. Like that's negotiate. That's yeah. like what I want to do. Well, your dollar productive prospects. That's all it is. Your... What's well, dollar productive me as an agent or dollar productive me for the company or for our agents. True, Cause that's a completely different role that you have to think about that. Yeah. It doesn't even. And well, and eventually too, I want to get to the point where maybe the trainings, all the trainings are not done by me. Meaning like now they do. Now I'm going to train agents, but Maybe Ellie gets really good. I'm like, you know what, Ellie, you're going to now be our, you're going to oversee all the new agents. And maybe we'll give her some type of compensation as being a head trainer of the company. And then I now can work on bigger deals or I can work on, you know, business development deals that I want to do where like I, I like going out and meeting with people at different companies that could be referral partners or people or establishing relationships or even just being our own PR person for the company. Um, I want to do that to grow the business because I know I'm good at it versus working in the business all the time. Mm-hmm. So as I get better, I can slowly drop certain roles or, or delegate, not drop them, but delegate them. They still have to be done. Just it's not the best use of my time now that I've grown. Yep. Um, now, if I can't fill them, then I that's going to that's gonna stop my growth because now I got to take the time to do them because they're, they have to be done. But um, that's that's the building block. Like right now... This is all new to me. I mean, we're about two years in of me like actually hiring and bringing on people and training people and and leading and managing. And it's very, it's a lot of work because you're just, you're people. You're talking like your own people in the office. Well, and it's probably a little scary too because you're responsible potentially for a lot of these people's success. Yeah, hundred percent. What what time do we have? Two forty five. My phone just died. Two forty five. Yep. Oh, okay. My we're watch good. Died in that phone. My phone's like, no, we're good. Um, <laughs> I knew it was behind, so I'm like, I just want to make sure I'm not thinking it wrong. Um, yeah. So that I think that's there's a few things, but like I I always it's funny because the stuff that I'm dwelling on right now, I'm like, man, it's just not good. Like, I I I always gotta like take a step back. It's not bad. It's just not where it should be. And then I also look at like all the stuff that I'm doing that's really good. And I'm like, I wouldn't change that. But it's, it's as with anything, if you're trying to get better, improve, the stuff that's good, you acknowledge that it's good and it's in place, but it doesn't need your focus as much because mm-hmm. you kind of have it on cruise control for most things. And then the stuff that's not, I keep harping on it, like the sky's falling, but it's not. It's just, I just know there's so much room for improvement yeah, and so much room that I can really excel in certain aspects that you know i might not otherwise i don't know just a lot of this stuff is like i just yeah whatever it'll, it'll get it'll get better it'll get done that that those lists up there will be those boards will look totally different in 12 months from now i know oh, i said sure. that like a year ago like 12 months ago but yeah it's crazy um so what's your plans real estate wise going forward i mean is this something you think you'll stay with for a long time yeah so ultimately this i want to be my career my longevity um i mean i love that i'm working from here while i'm home for the last two weeks but mm-hmm. i love that i like that mm-hmm. like i can't do that with another job you only get two weeks vacation sometimes you can't just mm-hmm. i mean this last year i took five weeks of vacation with the family that's a great bonus of real estate and the fact that i can still continue to generate business on the road that's a help um but i want to create consistency and just want to make this a viable career what what is 
are you guys pretty good about like if, if you have a client and can't go on an appointment or you're on vacation, do people in your office kind of pick up appointments for you? Yeah. Um, so if it's a brand new client that came into my portal and they want to go out and see a home, I'm not looking to take credit for that. It was a new client. It's a, I'll reach back out to the manager. Hey, you know, obviously I can't service this. I'm out of town. They'll just transfer it off to somebody else on the team. So you won't even call that person. I'll, I'll call them. So like I'm still getting new leads while I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm calling them, engaging them, trying to see what they're thinking. But most of these people calling, they may be two, three months out. Exactly. So okay. for me, that's a benefit to be able to make those calls while I'm yep. home right now because yep. that's setting up that pipeline. But if somebody, like I got a call the other day and they wanted to go see a home, I think it was yesterday that they wanted to go see mm-hmm. a home or whatever. I obviously can't do that. Yeah. So they would just transfer that out. If it's somebody I've worked with... Um, I have a few friends on the team, so we'll usually just, you scratch my back, I scratch yep. yours. If somebody does the paperwork, then obviously throw that person some more money if they're mm-hmm. doing paperwork yep. for you. If they're just opening a door and then your client goes, yep, I want to buy this, you know, maybe throw them a gas card, mm-hmm. buy them dinner, or just say, hey, hit me up when you're out of town next time. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we do here. I, th- I think it, the, the max we'll do, a lot of times when I'm on vacation, like I'll write up the paperwork. I have no problem because it's yeah, all electronic. It's it just, I just need you to go like show the house and... Um, no, it makes sense. So if, so for you, uh, I mean, yes, you, you can make your own schedule. Do you find that, are you very self-motivated or self-disciplined in regards to scheduling, in regards to getting your work done, in regards to, um, I mean, just running a business with really no boss? Yeah, I tend to, when I first started, it was trying to figure out what need what my priority focuses need to be to actually move myself forward sure there's times where you happen to if i'm working on facebook stuff or if i'm doing something i might get sucked into a hole mm-hmm. it's inevitable everybody's going to make mistakes mm-hmm. but i do my best to try to stay focused and at least for the solid chunk of my day just be more business driven rather than like oh squirrel you know mm-hmm. and just <laughs> yeah it's because t- i can't you know that's a nice thing about being your own boss essentially you can have those distractions but that's a curse at the same time because mm-hmm. if you're looking at those distractions constantly where's that going to get you are you uh no i agree 100 percent on that are, are you i mean do you have a pretty s- standard day because i know you said you prospect in the morning but are you consistent like when you prospect like nine yeah, to my, eleven mine's normally nine to eleven uh then i'll start my uh, I've, I've liked your proactive reactive kind of thing. Yeah. So, but I've always found that I'm, if I wait to make my calls in the afternoon, I am not able to get them done because oh, 100%, life yeah. is happening. Everything that uh-huh. you don't want to be going on starts going on. So mm-hmm. my main focus is just knock out my to do's every morning. And then as I start getting those texts back in the afternoon, as I get calls to go show homes as I like, that's my afternoon. So yep. I'm more just kind of at the whim of my phone, I yep. guess, come the afternoons. Yep. Um, I try to schedule things out, obviously, plan out showings. Um, you know, I have my, I call purple time, green time. So green is my dollar productive hours. Um, and if I need to flip things around, I just move those within themselves. And then my purple time is personal. Mm-hmm. And I'll, uh, and I color code it on my calendar and stuff like that. I'm so same Google calendar. Yeah. Yep. So same. I, you know, I live. Personal is green for me. Okay. Well, I say personal, but yeah, it's. Yeah. So like, I know Fridays. That's my wife and I will go out and we'll have dinner. So mm-hmm. five o'clock to nine o'clock, I have purple. Yeah, that's awesome. just my time to set aside for her, for family. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, other than that, we have our meetings, things like that. Um, but it's a pretty 
consistent day with just getting the calls done in the morning and then my afternoons are always different depending on what homes I'm seeing, what clients I'm showing. If I need to get more, I know we've talked before about the uh, community events or the mixers or the, yeah, I, need, networking. I need to get a little, mm-hmm. uh, find some more of those right now. My networking is more just the hockey that I play, mm-hmm. golfing, things like that. Yeah. I, yeah, the proactive stuff, um, you have to, I, in our business, shit can go off the tracks quick. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not bad stuff. It's all good stuff. It's just a million calls come in. Like if you, like this morning I had, like I, I get up majority of the week, um, Monday through Friday, typically at 445, 445, yeah. See, I'm it's, not it's, a morning pro. It, my day it, would be so much better if I could wake up at 630 consistently. And even if I get eight hours of sleep and I wake up at 630, well, I'm miserable. So, <laughs> so, so the thing is, I think, so I'll back that up. If you ever have kids or want to have I kids. Think, yeah. The, the, so there's two things that happen when you have kids is I think the amount of time that you can actually sleep and function goes way down. Okay. Meaning, or up. Meaning, I always was like, I need eight hours. I got eight hours all the time when I didn't have kids. Mm-hmm. So like, I'd go to bed 10, 10, 30. I'd be up by 6, 6.30 every morning. I got eight hours. I felt great. Um, and I just went, not well, just went, probably three, four months ago, I went like, I think I went nine weeks without going to the gym, which for me, I'm not like a meathead. I, and I, I saw you post that. Too. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not like a meathead in the sense like I got to always go to the gym, but I always feel better when I go to the gym. I eat better. I sleep better. I move, I'm just less stiff. All all these great benefits. I've been going to the gym for ten like ten years fairly consistently, and I stopped going. So then I was like, well, you know what? Just I'm making excuses or I'm doing stuff that cause me like we all have 24 hours in the day. So like, how are you going to use them? Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get up 4:45. Going to go to the class at 5:30. I'm typically done, showered. Yes, it's kind of a good time where like I can socialize in the sense that we'll shoot the shit with people for like 10, 15, 20 minutes in the mm-hmm. morning, you know, kind of everybody's kind of getting ready, winding down, chit-chatting. We have a good group that goes almost every morning, so it's like you see the same people, but they're it's fun to just go and hang out. And I'm usually in the office between 7 and 7:30 every single day. Wow, okay. And then from 7 say round at 7:30, okay? Say I get here at 7:30, I would say till probably nine or 10 in the morning, I'm not talking to anybody. Like I'm on, I'm doing other stuff. I'm prep- more office work kind of things and office work. It could be, I got to get better at it because sometimes my office work rolls into that time, but it's, um, I'd say that's like my eight, eight thirty to nine. Yeah. Is okay. Where I so, knock that stuff out. Yeah. So it's the same idea. And, and, and if I can, it's working on stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know, like, okay, I got to work on a couple projects now. My also my problem with that is if I'm only getting an hour and a half to two hours, sometimes I need more. Like tomorrow, I I really plan on coming here from probably seven till noon. I'm not talking to anybody, and I'll probably even go in the conference room and just put stuff all out and just like notepads and notes and just work on stuff to kind of get my mind unjumbled and yep. and clean stuff up and just eliminate kind of what's doing on the board. Like what's not essential? Like what don't I have to do right now? Or what? What is just like a random thing up there that's not, if I did it, is it going to make that big of a deal? Yeah. And there's some stuff I'm going to go through. I'm like, you know what? I don't need that up there. I don't know. Like, so I want to get that list just down to like 10. You know what I mean? Something very simple. I mean, you might have a little kind of blocks off of it that are under the main thing, but really focusing on what needs to be done. So that's till about 10-ish every day. 
10 to 12, I try to go through my database, meaning call, email. And I say not even email and text, like call. Like go, call or text or email if it's outbound, mm-hmm. meaning I bring up my contact manager. I had 30 calls today. It was going like ding, ding, ding. I was done everything before we went to our 12 o'clock appointment today. And it felt great. Yeah, I think I had 22 this morning, so I made those from 9.30 to 11. I was and you were done. Yeah. Yeah, so now I look at it. Like I haven't looked at my phone in you know probably an hour and a half, two hours. I'm going to be able to pick up my phone, look at it. I will probably have a few, uh, probably not terrible, maybe one or two missed calls, and I'll probably have six text messages is what I'm guessing, and probably a few emails. So I'll probably look at those real quick, and then my then it would be appointment for me. It'd be appointments in the afternoon. Yep. I typically don't do podcasts at this time, just because not not as bad. This is actually yeah. better for me because I'm a little more like awake. Yours and I'm actually, are normally later, aren't they? I, I usually do them around five, five, mm-hmm. six o'clock. Um, like I do like them now because it allows me to go home earlier, um, so I can like hang out with the kids and yeah. stuff. But I also look at it too that. My afternoons are all appointments, and I can't do them until 5 o'clock. Then I'll do them from 5 to 7, and I'll try to get home and hang out with the kids for about an hour, hour and a half, do bath and all that, and help you know get them to bed. Yeah. Um, and then like weekends, I don't. I pretty much am just doing family stuff. So very rarely are you going to see me out and about. So you don't show much on the weekends? I try not to. It's wow. appointment okay. only. I mean, I I really f- – like it's like, can we go Sunday? Or like, what's your Monday look like? What's your Tuesday look like? I actually say Monday. Monday, I try not to have any appointments because that's more of your weekend catch up, get your calls yeah, done, get so, your week started. So if you if you take if you take the proactive work, I just did everything like morning. I have my morning like just myself, meaning like gym, you know, getting ready, stuff like that. Then I have like pro. Excuse me. Then I have on business stuff, meaning yep. not in the business, just on business. Then I have proactive work, and then I have reactive work: showings, text messages, emails, calls, getting back to people, voicemails, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, that's day to day. Then I take my week. I overload everything in my week forward. I mean, so my Mondays, I try to have majority of my calls for the week on Monday. Like I would easily sit down for three, four hours on a Monday and just go through majority of my follow-up calls or check-in calls. Now, a lot of those will get carried over throughout the week. It might be something I leave a message. Okay. Well, I'm not going to put them out till next week or two weeks. I'm going to put them out till Thursday or Friday. Um, if it's a new lead, I might call them today and I might put them out for tomorrow. Um, you know, if it's someone that's under contract, we'll go every couple of days. So that kind of carries down the list, but I don't, it's not very rarely do I have like a Tuesday or a Wednesday really loaded. The only times I do that is once a month, which is my first day of the month. That's yep. the only one I don't really move. So if like the first of the month's on a Friday, well, the Friday is going to be a lot of people calling people. Now, maybe I should move Even that to Even if your mo- Monday was loaded? Even if my Monday's loaded, yeah, that, okay. that first day of the month just is a floating day. It just moved in, but it's, it's one week a month that I have. I may have two heavy call days like this, this week I'll have a heavy call day, but it, my rest of this week's not, it's really just Thursday. Yeah. My Friday's kind of loot or kind of light. Tomorrow's light today. Like I said, it was 30 calls, but they were pretty light. Like I, I got through them pretty fast. And um, when you're making those 30 calls, what are you talking to? Maybe two to five people. Yeah. I mean today, 30, depending on who they are, um, I probably had five or yeah, five conversations out of 30 and then I'd probably say double or a little bit more through text. Okay. Cause some of them are texts. I just know they're texters, yeah. you know, and I'll text them and they will text me back. So I would say out of the 30, I probably will have contact with half of them today. So most of those are at least all people you've talked to before then. 
Oh, they're all people I've talked to. There, okay. there was one person, one or two people that were newer leads that I've just, I one I made contact with, one I didn't, and okay. I had to put them out till tomorrow. Yep. Um, that was today, and then Tuesday or uh, Thursday is a mixture because I'm not tomorrow. I really don't plan on calling many people. I plan on working here in the morning, yep. but trying to have nothing going on. Wednesday, I'm trying to take the full day off. I might have one showing, but I'm going to do it early in the morning. Kids will probably be still asleep, so it'll be cool. And then. Um, Thursdays all day. Friday is going to be pretty much all day. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, Sunday, I might have some stuff Saturday, Sunday just because of the holidays and, you know, but majority of the time I try to take one full day off a week. Okay. Which is like a uh, Saturday or Sunday, completely off, like no work, no appointments. Yes. Will I have text messages or calls? Yeah. I mean, I, it's very tough for me right now to punt a full day of absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, the holidays were great because you just people didn't call and it was like weird to like look at my phone and have any missed calls like well, this is nice like <laughs> and it's as crazy as that sounds i mean it's getting to the point now like i love people but like going to stores or grocery stores or target or oh, true because we're such a since it's a smaller market everybody knows everybody here so it's yeah and it's not that i don't want to talk to people so i just don't have time to talk to people so it's like, Cause like you're legitimately a public figure it's or at least I, I, well yes no i i am in the sense more if so I, than agents in our market yeah like if i was to go i'm i'm fairly recognized people recognize me but i have a good sphere of people that if i was to go to target or if i was to go to lowe's or if i was to go to the grocery store and just walk around the odds i get out of there without knowing somebody is very little yeah very little and if i go to the grocery store at a normal time i'm probably seeing at least two people i know if it's busy horrendous because yeah. not in a bad way it's just you'll see everybody oh, yeah. but i think a lot of people are in the same boat so i just kind of just give them like a high or say something very quick and just keep walking because it's not like i don't want to see you it's just like i don't i got to get out of here because i have stuff i have to get back to i get a kick out of it i i'll come home here and i'll go to a price chopper i'll go to a whatever and we'll see more people that i know in this store than when i'm shopping in my grocery store in the town that i live there just because of how my, i've been gone five years now Yet I'll still come back to town and I'll know more. Some people probably don't even know you left. Probably not. I don't. Maybe not. You know I mean, like, oh, Devin, how you doing? Be like, great. <laughs> Living like, oh, now. did you know someone? I'm like, I've been out five. You, you don't even move, live here. Like, that happens. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm, I was in Crossgates with my wife the other day. She lives there, and I saw more people in the mall. She didn't. She saw one person. I think I moved to like two people that I knew, and this is her her yeah. mall. And I'm just like, yeah. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that and that's the thing with uh, as my sphere's gotten bigger. Which is great, but I know if if I was to say I'm going to go out to lunch today and go anywhere in Blacksburg, I will see somebody. Yeah, and which I mean, it's not hard, but it's again, it's just the it's it's the time of real estate's weird. It's not physically demanding; it's mentally demanding, and I don't think people understand that. Where it's just t- sometimes where my brain doesn't shut off. Yeah, my brain shuts off on weekends potentially if I'm just kind of hanging with the kids. I can just kind of like drift off and like not care. Or sometimes on like a Friday or Saturday night, where I know I may not the may not have to wake up at four forty five. I can stay yep. up to like eleven, you know, getting crazy. Yeah. But I can just like have a couple hours where I can just kind of like relax. But Monday through Friday, it's like my brain is just like this all day long. So I think it's just the the mental aspect of it. Definitely. Gets, well, because you could be out on showings all day, and like I'm not physically tired, but when that day's done, my brain is just like. Where's the off switch? Yeah. Just because, you know, typically you'd be out 
two, three different clients sometimes maybe. Well, there was, just... there was a couple times during the summer when I had a lot of people pending. I had a... True, because you're much busier in the summer. Four, right? five, six appointments a day. Easy, like with people every, like a day. Wow. And then you can just kind of look at those days and you're like, and I love them. I'm having a blast all day long, but I just don't want to pick up my phone anymore. It's almost the point, like every time you pick your phone up, your eyes are just like crossing and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. My mind's like in a million different directions. That happened a few times this year where I, I got to the point where I just like take a deep breath or I had to just like put my phone down for like 15 minutes and just not yep. look at it. And of course you pick it up and there's like three more texts and a missed call and it's like, oh my God. And again, I always say it's all good stuff. It's self-inflicted. Like, I did it to myself. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It, but there's days where I'm like, I just don't. That's why my Mondays, when I talk about overloading, my Mondays, I try not to have appointments because I want to get through all my stuff before the reactive work of the week happens. Well, I want the reactive work to happen more towards my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays than my Mondays. So my Mondays is a mixture of catch-up slash get-ahead for the week. Then... Then I roll in the rest of, of the appointments. Um, yeah. How do you get, uh, do you tend to be able to get people more willing to see homes during the week? Like I feel for me, solid majority of my showings always have to fall on the weekend. Um, depends. Evenings are big yeah. for us. Um, evenings in the, I find I do more weekends in the winter than I do in the summer because of the daylight. Because the evenings in the you summer, can at least get till nine o'clock to show home. Oh yeah, I mean I've had a point. I easily have appointments at eight o'clock in okay. the summer. Yeah, and I have no problem with that. Like I'm already out, and I'm like I got appointments at five, six, seven. Might as well talk attack on an eight. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, as long as someone's willing to do that, I'm cool with it. Um, I don't mind like week. My problem, my biggest, I don't as oddly like I would much rather have four or five appointments lined up from like 8 a.m. Sunday to like one or two in the afternoon mm -hmm. than have one appointment on a Saturday and like one on a Sunday. Totally. Like I would rather just go I'd out. I'd rather have a day gone. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to grind out. And the thing is like, especially in like in the winter and the summer, even in the morning, like my kids get up later. Nobody's really doing much in the house. Like it depends what we're doing. Um, I'm not, it, yeah, I guess it depends. But a lot of the times, like if we can start early in the morning and by noon I've had three appointments done, I'm cool. I show yeah. up at home at noon. I'm like, great. I have the whole afternoon. Yeah. And really in the morning, I don't find it's that big of a deal. And typically, you know, some good stuff comes from weekend showings. I yeah. mean, it's not, so I don't mind those as much, but I would say evenings are big. Ideally, I would love all my appointments to start. I'd love to have a one, a two, a three, a four, and be done. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That, but that never happens. No, that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. My listings, um, sometimes I can get a lot of listings depending who the person is at ones or threes. I, try, I do my listings about, I usually earmark at least two hours for a listing. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe depending on the size of the house or what needs to be done, prep work before, longer. Um, Typically weekdays is when I try to do my listings. Don't I mean? Don't get me wrong. I've done Saturdays. I've done Sundays. Um, I just try to really avoid it because I really try to focus on my family on the weekend. Yeah. So uh, my Friday evenings, 
I used to get done work on Fridays at like two. Um, now it's about five okay. on Fridays, but I'm not I going. I know the rest of your week. I mean, you're posting stuff sometimes. Oh, my, eight nine o'clock. At yeah, night like I'll get still. up at four forty-five, and I will. I will days. hit the bed at ten. Those are long days. Yeah, and when I say, when I say ten, like when I say four forty-five in the morning to ten, I'm meaning every like yeah. it's it's scheduled and structured from the moment I wake up. Like well, my routine. Even your like, lunches then. Boom. It might be a fun lunch, but it might be a business lunch with all my lunches. Ninety-five percent, ninety percent of my lunches are with people. If they're not here in the office and they're out, they're with somebody. Yep, they're not just wasted. I don't just go eat. Like very rarely, you're gonna see me go. Like I love Chipotle. You're very gonna rarely, as you probably know. Yes, I do. You're very rarely gonna see me just go to Chipotle and eat Chipotle. If I go to Chipotle, I'm picking up Chipotle, bringing it back here, eating it. Because what's that? Was it one guy's name? Is he Matt? Is that? Matt Craig? Yeah. Matt Craig? Yeah. Matt Craig? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, I will do breakfast. Like, there, there's guys that I, I I have or people that I have. I try to go get, depending who they are, some like getting coffee. I would much rather get coffee, to be honest, with somebody over a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, meals are just too long. Mm-hmm. You can go have a coffee with, you can have. You can sit there and have a coffee with somebody for a half hour and actually have a really big conversation or whatever or an hour, depending on how long you want or what you want to do with the person versus going out to eat where it just sometimes drags on because yeah. you're waiting. Um, that's why I like Chipotle because I literally can be like, okay, one or two people meet at Chipotle, get our food, boom, eat out, we're out the door within 20 to 30 minutes. And it's not the most unhealthy. No, it's great. I mean, yeah. it's probably the healthiest option. That I think for the amount of food, how good it is and the quality for the price to get in and out and the convenience without a doubt, best, yeah. the best place in town. Um, yeah. So every, every moment is pretty much accounted for. Um, what I want to get better at is the, the little time wasting blocks in the day that I don't, I truly, very rarely do I procrastinate on stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty much on, no, I'm not perfect. There's times, yes, something will come up or all of a sudden I'm like, man, why did I just, that took five minutes. Why was I doing this? I got distracted, like a squirrel moment. But then there's other times it's, it could be agents here. It could be something with or time with Jordan or Nicole or time with someone drops in like these little things that I'm like, like I, I love, I would love to sit here and talk to every person that drops in for an hour. I feel rude when like, you know, this kid came the other day, nice kid. I met him before I stopped in. I don't even know what he sells, but he sells something kind of like checking in, can I be your supplier kind of deal? And I'm like, talk to Nicole. Like I, I would love to talk to you. I literally have to go get work done. And it wasn't like I had no meeting with anybody, but it's like the, the discipline aspect of I haven't, hour to get through probably two and a half hours worth of work like i can't waste 20 minutes small talking i gotta go in and actually work and i find that i kind of that could be like a turn off to people but it's like i i'm so structured for you to be where you are though and be successful you have to you yeah because i could sit there my the amount of my time that could be literally sucked from me every single day it could be way worse than it is yeah i mean and, and it to be honest i think it needs to be better than it is now but it's a hell of a lot better than it could be because I am very conscious of my time or like appointments. Like my friends joke, like, Oh, we got to get an appointment to be with him. Like you kind of do because my literally, my time is just, everything is an appointment. Everything's an appointment. Yeah. I mean, even, even if it's, I have lunch down for an appointment and I, yeah, I mean, that's just, that has to be an appointment. Yeah. I literally have it down there. Yeah. Like, (laughs) okay, actually, and I got to actually start implementing that more, getting more strict with both of us doing that. But yeah, it's just, I mean, I have lunch down. I have, you know, 
like lunch eating in the office. Like I, I plan to actually eat, uh, eat, eat a lunch today and I ended up munching on stuff while I was on the podcast, yeah. but it's, I mean, some, some stuff throughout the day is just chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it's just things I got to get better at myself personally. And, um, but you don't beat yourself up over it. It's just yeah. one of those things like I can be better. I know what I have to do. Just take your time. It all works out. It's just, again, it, if you're very a proactive person want to get stuff done, any any point of inefficiency or wasted time is like it just slows up the process. Like we could be there. It's almost like driving down the road <laughs> and you know, you have to like stop to go to the bathroom. Like, well, I just kept going. Or, I mean, that's, I know, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like just one little thing, like if we didn't miss that turn, we would have already been there. Or yep. if we would have just went 75 instead of 74, we would have already been there. Kind of one of those deals. So for sure. Um, any, anything else you want to, I'm all good. It's been talk fun. About? Yeah. Sorry. I probably talked most of it, but no, you're fine. once you get talking real estate, like that's you open Pandora's box, man. Oh, like, yeah. I could talk real estate for hours, real estate and business. I just love it. It's or marketing. And I'm still learning like crazy. So I don't know what I don't know. That's, I, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's good. Real estate's fun. I'm glad you're doing it. Um, yeah. it's cool. Like I, I really like when young kids do it. Just because it's such an old industry, mm-hmm. like the average, I bet you our average age right now on our board is still probably forty. That's See, average. We got, a t- we got a lot of young on ours, but it's oh yeah, more young. Every, well, I, I don't know what the average. I mean, there's just so many people. Everybody, as soon as the market starts to heat up, everybody down there. Like two we, years ago, when it started going up, you literally you'd put a sign in the house and it'd be sold in ten minutes, and that's not a joke. Like that. yeah, yeah, and I th- I think our industry's had that a little bit. I got in. I got in in 2011, so right after kind of the bubble crash yep. and the market was very low, and not a lot of people were in it. Everybody had gotten out of it from like the 03, 04, 05, which was really good. Um, I'm starting to see it pick back up as people that want to get into it, and we will have another dip in the market at some point. It happens. I don't um, think it'll be as bad though. Obviously, no, no, it, well, that was the worst ever. Yeah. Um, There'll be a little dip, so I'm curious to see how many people get knocked out because of that. Because mm-hmm. you'll have the good agents that will stay in. I'll be fine because I know I know now I'm is building the dip a dip here. Going to happen after it happens everywhere else. Yeah, it'll be a little bit lower or it'll be a little bit delayed and won't be as severe. So that's a bit of a benefit for you though, because you can really see it. You coming. can see it coming. Yeah, and and I know, the only thing that's really going to force us out is more economically, like economical issue, not a banking issue, not a financial home mortgage, and that stuff won't be a problem. I'm actually more concerned right now for the lack of homes we have than people affording homes. Like, I don't think we're ever going to have a dip where people can't afford homes. The problem is the cost of building is so expensive that new homes aren't going up quick enough. And nobody's moving out, which is good. We're actually having more people move to the area and more people that can afford to buy homes Mm -hmm. than we have homes that are available. So to me, that's where our negative is right now is that it's we're at a little bit of a disadvantage there. And unfortunately, I don't... I'm really worried about like the next two, three years when I think we're still going to increase the amount of people and people will still be able to buy. We won't have homes. But the vo- okay. Prices will go up dramatically. Yep. Um, the problem is just people won't be able to find homes. They won't be able to find apartments. And then all of a sudden, well, that now it becomes now people won't move here because they can't find housing. Yep. So then now that people are struggling to find help because like we have no place to keep these people and we don't have the, we can't actually 
afford to build properties because there's no profit margin. So builders are going to be like, well, we can't, no, I can't, unfortunately I can't build a house for that price. Yeah, in our area is just new construction community. You turn your head left. Oh, there's another one. Oh, yeah. There's another one. That's great. We just don't have that. I think what's going to happen in time though is we will get, like a lot of those companies are people from, not from Tampa. Probably not. They're just, well, they're coming yeah. in. They might use local contractors, Yeah. but the main people that are investing and developing they could be local, but a lot of the money is probably coming in from well, different places. Ours are places. mostly like Lennar, Dr. Horton. Have you are they local? Those? No, uh, they're just big builders. Yeah, and, and no, I haven't, but I think we're going to start seeing that. We're going to start seeing probably places from, say, Albany or Burlington or Montreal or um, Syracuse, or you know, you're going to start yeah. seeing these places. So start... here, it's going to be more investors that are buying out land and building up rather. Than I properly. believe so. Yeah, because these are they have five floor plans and they'll throw up a hundred home community in four months, which is insane. Just, like probably we, a little longer we, than that. We but. don't, yeah. Well, like we need, we would, I would love to see little places pop up, you know, like I said, 10, 20 and not necessarily apart, like apartments would be great. Cause we still need people for apartments, but the idea that you can throw up a subdivision, like as much as like people hate the cookie cutter houses, that's probably what they're going to be. And you literally need, here's 50 acres yep. and put up 20 homes or 30 homes or 40 homes or whatever you can get on your well, with lot. With the pod plan unit development, that way you can actually maximize whatever the homes are on there. Yeah, and, and you're probably yeah. talking like little postage stamps. You're probably yep. talking a little quarter, third acre yeah, lot. That's what of, they did on the base. Yeah, I mean, mo- Most of ours are, well, obviously acreage here is always going to be a little larger probably than yeah. there, but ours are all probably quarter acre. 0.2 and less, I would yeah. say, on most of those. So, you, you, you know, get the, yeah, we have a few on the base. We have a few in different spots, but we don't have... I've seen some spots where people may be doing developments, but again, it's just, it's everything. It's talking about bringing in the power and the water and the sewer and, and or septics or whatever you have to do to make, you know, just that portion of it. Like bringing utilities, doing the roads, getting, you know, right of ways or getting, making sure you have everything you need, not just building the actual house, but getting yeah. the grounds ready and, and, or drainage or whatever. There's so much, so much that's involved in it, and then you start running the cost, and it's like, well, my profit margin's not there. Why even bother doing it? Um, and that will eventually switch, but that's that's where I'm curious to see what the next five years is for us. I think we'll grow as a population, and a lot of businesses will come. I'm hoping that it, it attracts those other housing yeah. developments, and we'll see where it goes. So, all right, I got an appointment in 15 minutes. You're good. <laughs> okay. We're almost two hours. All right, Devin, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having um, me. It was fun. Yeah, if you're ever back in the area, come back on, talk about Open Door and all the stuff I don't know. For sure. You'll learn more, trust me. You, you learn it pretty quick in real oh, estate. Yeah. It jumps up fast. It's a fire hose the last couple of years, so. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, buckle up. It gets, it gets better. <laughs> um, all right, so that's uh, episode 62 of the Galen Trombley Show with Devin. Oh, actually, Devin, if you want to plug anything oh, before good. you leave. Because although you are in Tampa, people do do referrals. Yes. Um, so if anybody is... I guess coming up from here or going down there, if you know people move to the Tampa area. Yep, anywhere in the greater Tampa area, let me know. Let me know that you heard of me through Galen because um, obviously I want to you know, thank him for putting me out here, bringing me on the show, and uh, getting me in touch with some people here back home. But give me a holler, uh, and I'll, I'll give what, Galen my number so we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it down in the show notes. We'll get your contact info. Um, but, yeah, reach out. Uh, like I said, if you are – have no if anybody moving to Tampa, Florida. I'm sure there are people out there. You guys know if somebody moving down there. It's booming down there. So <laughs> uh, give Devin a call. All right, cool. It's episode 62, Devin Ashline. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. 
The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.